Hello everybody and welcome to episode 585 of Conversation Street. This is talking about Coronation Street between the 17th and the 21st of July 2023 and that is episode 1000, no, oh bloody hell, I got it wrong again, 11,007 to 11,012. I got it, I got it. Um, happy, happy summer holidays Gemma, I've finished school for the summer, I'm off for six weeks. That's alright, isn't it lovely? Um, so yeah, finished off today, watched a film, did some... I had all the children tidying up the classroom for about an hour and a half. Yeah, that's, the, that's what, what you... What film did you watch? You didn't have time to watch a film. No, 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 no. We watched one after break. We watched something on Disney+. Plus. Raya in the Last Dragon or something. Watched bits of it anyway. But yeah, for the first hour and a half of the day, we were just all tidying up the classroom. Very efficient, they Can were. Can you go and come here and do that? What? <laughs> this idea of... That'd be really brilliant. Assi- I'd assign them all jobs. A gang yeah. of children to tidy up our house. Yeah, no, no, it was good, it was good. No? So, mm? No, I don't, I don't. They're not allowed to do anything. They, they, they don't. Sorry, they don't have to do anything that I tell them for the next six weeks. Unfortunately, oh, so we'll, such have to, a shame. we'll have to do it ourselves. Yeah. So, um, looking forward to talking about Coronation Street today. Uh, real mixed bag this week. We we went all over the place with our shorts. We uh, did our a bit reviews this week, but on the whole, I think it turned out to be pretty intriguing. Um, now this is going to be don't don't fret everybody, but this is going to be the last podcast that we do for a couple of weeks, isn't it? That's all right. Let, just under a couple of weeks. We'll be back soon enough. We're just taking a little break. That's all. That's all. Just taking a little break. So we yeah. we will we will talk about next week's Coronation Streets on a podcast. Yeah. We're gonna do we're gonna do two podcasts in a couple of weeks' time. You just have to wait a while for it. So there's nothing You've got your loads of episodes then. to go back and listen to. And also, don't and forget a... if you really want some more oh. Coronation Street <laughs> Conversation Street fun, Patreon. But what do the Patreon subscribers do? Go back and listen to the beginning. Be patient. Yeah, no, we'll we'll be back in less than two weeks, honestly. But um, yeah, I hope you will allow us a little break. So, um, what are we doing? What are we doing? Gemma's had a deadline today, and I've been I've been having my end of term chill. Gemma's been hard at work on her deadline, which means you've not had time to do a quiz for me. I I believe. Okay. Yeah, Gemma had Um, a bad deadline. She hasn't told me why yet. No. You wanna you wanna reveal all now? No. Okay. Um, okay. But you do have you do have your quiz form. I've got a quiz from a book and from the book, it, it ties last in week. to our Patreon episode that we just did. Patrons will know this. We did top five most important families on Coronation Street. Oh yeah, that was a good one, wasn't yeah. it? That was like our longest Patreon episode ever, I think. That was, you know, hard hard fighting between Barlows and Platts, really. Yes, I thought so it what was you, what um, you got? it was very good fun. What is the so topic? I have got Happy Families, it's called. Play along at home, everybody. So, this is from currently. I haven't got anywhere to put my score down, I've just realised. You've, you've got your fingers, use okay. your fingers. Okay. Might need some toes as well. This is called... <laughs> I think I'm going to do that well, that's, that's encouraging. The Coronation Street, question mark, quiz book, TV quiz books. Based on the Grenada television series, test your knowledge of TV's most popular show, 850 Searching Questions on Street by Graham K. Rilling. Right, let's go. This is the same one from last week, isn't yeah. it? My birthday quiz birthday book. Birthday quiz book. This was published. Let's just remind ourselves. So. <laughs> no, just no, I'm just reminding is that 1990, people who were playing... Will you listen? People that are playing along at home need to know it was published in 1990, so don't answer any questions with somebody who's recent because you won't get the answer right. Okay. Happy Family, question number quiz. one. Albert Tatlock was Uncle Albert to Ken Barlow, but whose real uncle was he? Valerie Tatlock slash Barlow. Yes. Number two. Name, Len Faircloth's son. Stanley. Yes. Who attempted suicide after her brother's, after her soldier son was killed in Northern Ireland in 1975? Bet. 
Yeah, Better Lent. That's another stroke for the old ants there, isn't it? Yeah. Which street son was ashamed of his parents? Uh, um. <laughs> <laughs> that's a bit vague. Can I have? Can I ask for a um, bonus pointer? Uh, we definitely talked about this family in our Patreon episode, which doesn't help people that aren't Patreon. No, not really. Um, this person was barely in it, but was a son of a very famous, prolific family that weren't really famous for their children. Gosh. Um, uh, Most of them went missing. Um, very early family. Very early family. All the kids went missing. Oh, it must be Ogden. One Which of the Ogdens. One? What, was the que- what was the question? This Which person- street son was ashamed of his parents? Oh, so the, the child Ogden, Trevor Ogden. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very I got that. With no clues whatsoever. A lot of these have got question marks, but they're not questions like name Sally Webster's sister. In fact, it's not a question. Gina, Gina yeah. Seddon. Name- not played by Connie Hyde because this was published before 1990. Correct. Mm. Name Hilda Ogden's grandchildren from her son Trevor. I can't. No, no, not doing that one. Damien and Jane. Uh, I'll give Damien one. What was the name of Vera Duckworth's mother? Oh, oh gosh, I can picture what she looks like. Vera Duckworth's mother. I can't see inside your head to to know what she looks like. What's the first letter? A. Amy Burton. Amy Barton. 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 (laughs) Right, this is question eight. I've lost count. You got two wrong, haven't you? I don't know. That doesn't sound like me. What was Audrey Roberts' maiden name? Potter. Yes. What? Who was the surprise guest at Susan and Mike Baldwin's wedding? Ken. Yes. What was Ken Barlow's dad called? Frank. Yes. Yeah. Go. 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 For whom did Len Faircloth's first wife leave him? In 1962. Ah, <laughs> uh, who for whom? Yeah. I don't know. Um, obviously Harry Bailey. Of course, those Baileys. Related. Yeah. <laughs> um, what was the name of Sandra Stubbs' son? Um, no, don't know. Jason. No. Right. This is thirteen. Question thirteen. H- whose mum was born as a middle-class Beaumont of Clitheroe? <laughs> who's who's mum? Yeah. Um, Billy Walker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Beaumont's... If I was to make a... Like, if I invented a fictional world, I would definitely have a shop that said Beaumont's of Clitheroe somewhere. Oh, yeah. That'd be, that'd be good, good, it? That's, They should have that as a background when they're walking through Weatherfield. Yeah, they should, they should have had one of the shops in the precinct. Yeah. Beaumont's of Clitheroe. Is that it? 13 no, questions? No, I haven't finished. I told oh. you you'd need a foot, didn't I? <laughs> Whose daughter emigrated to Canada in December 1961? Daughter emigrated to Canada. Elsie Tanner. Yeah, well done. I didn't think you'd get that. And final question. Who was thought to be baby Sarah Louise Tilsley's father after Gail's affair in 1986? Ian Latimer. Brian's Australian cousin. Yeah. Well, that's not too bad. How many questions is that? 15. Definitely got about 18 points for that one. Yeah, right. easily. Birthdays. Who's got a birthday coming up this week? And then we got on with talking about Coronation Street. 25th of July. Writer Brian Finch. Director Haldon Duncan and Brooke Malone. He plays Lily Platt. 27th of July. Director Matthew Robinson. Gabriel Glaster. He played Debs Brownlow. Bob. Slash. Nice Bob new slash entry. Slash something else. What's her name? Fern. Fern. 
Cully. Tracy Shaw played Maxine Peacock. Julia Hayworth played Claire Peacock. Oh, she's just come into classic Coronation Street this week. It's Happy like, birthday. I forgot how quickly after Maxine died that Claire appeared on the scene. They're like, like, quick, it doesn't make sense. A man that looks like Ashley goes single for very long. I mean, get, she, like, I haven't watched today's there. episode, but he's not, you know, leapt into bed with her yet. But yeah, I, was, I thought that it was like years <laughs> before Claire turned Every, up. Every uh, time, time was took I suppose there. somebody's got to wash his pants and cook his tea. Yeah. And Fred's not doing it. No. Alexandra Mardell, who plays Emma Brooker, then the 28th of July, Richard Everett, who was the floor manager, producer, and executive producer in the 1960s. Of course he was. Thank you, everybody, for being born. Thank you very much. Right, I think we'll get on to talk about this week's Coronation Street now. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Right, time for this week's Street Talk. Jamie, you're not allowed to look at the screen at the moment. I'm going to reveal some storyline titles here. This is fresh reactions I need for this one. I've just got a couple, but I hope <laughs> I you're ready for you're, this you're one. you're literally guarding the screen. Like, you think don't I'm look, that bored. Don't look. You, you're just looking on it. What are you looking at? I'm looking at Reddit or something. Yeah. Right, so we're going to do the, the spider and toy storyline first. Right, um, okay. Spy, spied enough. What would you call it? Um, Spider-like. Spy, 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 spy... Spider cops off. Oh. Do you get it? Do you get it? It's, it's a gonna pun, pop. isn't it? It is a cop. He didn't cop off with anyone, but he's no, a cop and he's he wish he did. There's an apostrophe in it and everything. That's great. Right. I can't see that because you're not letting me Next look. one, Stephen's storyline. Yeah. Yeah. And um, Steve. <laughs> Stephen. You can't just come up with them like that. Um, this takes hours of thought every week, Gemma, believe Steve, me. Stevie Wonder. <laughs> nice. That's good, isn't it? Um, caught, <laughs> caught read-handed. Yeah, he yeah, was. He was. He wasn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, you know what the best part about that was? What? It was only he was only caught because Tim knows how to read. Oh, yeah. I get it. Read. Um, okay. That was brilliant. It was well done. Well done. Right. Next one. We got the Ardy storyline. So um, Ardy enough? No. Um, uh, Courtney Love. No. Although that may well come down the line. Um, oh, oh caught odd, <laughs> odd surface caught. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I get it, I get it, I get it. No, wait. I, I'm, I'm more because it feels like some romance is going on down the line there, but I thought for this week I'd make a storyline title that referred to the driving bits. You've heard of driving Miss Daisy, carting Miss Courtney. Courting Miss Courtney. Carting Miss Courtney. You should be courting Miss Courtney. I was going to call it court. I was going to call it Courting Miss Courtney, the... but I think that's what it's going to be called next week, and this week he's been carting her about, hasn't he? The court before the But horse. is she taking him for a ride? Yeah, that's what I, I have to say. I don't want to know. Right, then we got the Brymance story. Like, I think, do we... I'm pretty sure this Brian and Mary um, story was a thing at the beginning of the year, and I might have called it Brymance there, so I didn't bother thinking of anything else for that. Um, then I've got... The... look at the screen now. Oh, well, you can if you want to, because that one's not very good. I've got Banged Up Bolton for Reese in prison, or I've also got... Recent prison. No. <laughs> recent prison. Um, yeah, he didn't re- even appear recent, this week. Recent. No. Arrest. No. Uh, and then we got the <laughs> bit of the poor Pauly Paul. This is the longest we've ever taken going over storyline titles. Poor Pauly Paul and the Damon on. Child. Um, right. I, I'm i going to start off with the with the spider storyline. And my gosh, wasn't Monday's Coronation Street a wasn't steaming it, pile of something? Wasn't it an episode? <laughs> it was an episode. It was. That was the episode that was. Yeah. We, there was never a more effort an episode than that. I honestly yeah. went into this week's Coronation Street not knowing that Spider was leaving, not knowing at all, 
but I've been theorising it and building it up in my head and yeah. everything. And I even said on last week's podcast, didn't I? I bet that Monday he goes. And although I wasn't completely right on that, he had made his intentions clear by the end of Monday's episode. <laughs> but the manner what in the which he happened? was dispatched, okay. there was a choice made there. Was... I think I've heard one person say they thought it was really good. I think, yeah, I think somebody said that as well. I can't remember who it was, but I had... The, the social just, media was particularly aflame with was, criticism of Monday's was scathing, episode, wasn't, wasn't it? it? It was scathing. Yeah. So let's see what happened first, and then maybe we can try and break down about what, what just didn't work so well. Just, and to be fair, I'm going to say that Wednesday's um, oh, helping yeah. of this story did an awful lot to fix the mess that Monday had made. I just can't made. work out... What happened? Let's. I'll tell you what happened. All right. Then we talk about it. Okay. Right. So Monday, obviously, Leanne has um, been up all night wondering about poor Toya. She's been banged up in that van since Friday. It's gonna be. It's gonna be awfully hot and sticky and smelly in there. I tell you. Nick's been asleep. <laughs> he just comes into the living room first thing on Monday's episode, going, Fly me, Leanne, you've been awake all night. Yes, my sister has been kidnapped by a crazy gun woman. Well, I assume she's got she a gun, was I don't know. Just the only one who seemed to remember this has happened. I know, I know. Um, and anyway, Nick says, um, and yeah, don't worry, it's all going to be all right. Spider turns up and says, Oh, we've still not found her, but I reckon that the woman who's got her is called Maggie. So the story is that he busted her husband a while back for heroin dealing and then all the fellow druggies ganged up on him and murdered him and now Maggie blames Spider for her husband's death. And it there was you know, there was a bit later on in the episode where she's talking and said, I trusted you, Spider, and yeah, it feels like how... he managed to worm his way into her life and this his life. This was a direct result of him being undercover. an undercover policeman, but equally also very much down to the fact that he's decided to jack it in for like three months to just parade around where he was already an undercover police officer, um, being just a, a boyfriend of somebody. I mean, has he been to work? I don't know. He Literally, nobody knows what all these. He's been going to um, chili contests and well, you know, standing in the background of a couple of scenes. If you're lucky, our next door neighbour. He is actually. I don't know what his actual job description is, but he's actually a marine biologist. Right. It's true. He we haven't seen is. the certificate, and I know marine biologists. Sounds be... made up, but he really is, and he goes he's, he's away. Called Dr. Ken Palmer, <laughs> <laughs> and he's <is> Irish. <laughs> he goes away for like weeks and months at a time, but then when he comes back, he gets that much off. So maybe Spike, because Spike's been undercover for like I don't know a year, pretending to be Griff's friend. Maybe, maybe he gets a year bit. off. Maybe. Well, he was working 24-7, wasn't he, before? Yeah, I guess He was on call the whole time. I don't don't know how these things work. Well, no, you don't. You don't know because you don't get paid for the work you do. But some people actually do. And they get compensated too. So time off when they work really hard. So we we now know the background of why Spider reckons that Toya's been banged up. So cut to... No, she's been banged up. Banged up in a van, isn't it? So Maggie goes into the van. She goes and sees her, gives a bit of water to Toya, and Toya's like, "Just what do you want? She's what like do you want?" She's like a little hamster, isn't she? Getting you know those bottles with the little. Yeah. Um, anyway, what do you want? And Maggie's like, "The only thing I want is justice." Good job she's wearing. And black. then we find out she's got a gun. So automatically escalates, doesn't it? Here, yeah. I, I, I've got a gun. I miss the days when a gun showed up on Coronation Street, and it was what? like, "What a gun! This is." Shocking. Yeah. And now, 
the way this was going, it was just like, oh, of course she's got a gun. Why not? Hasn't she got a gun? It's only been five minutes, it seems, since the last <sighs> gun on Coronation Street. I can't remember when it... Was it when... They had they did have a bistro hold-up earlier this year, didn't they? Do you remember when Sam was, was cowering in the bistro when um, Damon's associates were around there? Remember? Remember? Not really. It, and that's the problem. The more... The more things that you, you the more times you put guns in the more times you try and shock the audience to it the more it's just like oh I forget I know this does the, feel a bit like a jumping the shark moment unfortunately it really did feel um, a bit like that and you know so Toy, Toy's been in the van has she been in there overnight or all weekend do you think who knows it's the good same job. she's thing. got black trousers on isn't it very good job uh-huh. yeah yeah she, she might have so she might have felt the call of nature while she was in there. She loves point. nature. That's good. Oh, yeah. Okay, fine. She can create a lovely rushing waterfall. Anyway, so Leanne <laughs> um, heads off to the police station where she has a go at Spider and Swain for not doing anything. But then Spider gets a text message that um, set from, from Maggie saying, um, I'm, I'm, I'm at the waste ground or something. You know, the place where... The, the teenage, teenage wasteland. The teenage wasteland that they like to right. use for all these exciting off... off Set shenanigans. It's not that offset though, is it? Barely. Okay, so this was one of the beginning. Yeah, if you hadn't already been tipped off that this was a bit of a lackadaisical storyline, from the fact that we never got to see Toya being bundled into the van by this woman, why would she go with her? They're both the same size. I guess she's got a gun. How does she get? What was the fight? Why didn't we get to see a cool fight between Maggie and? Toya. It was supposed to be just like a Spider and, it a and Leanne no. getting back last or Friday's episode work. and finding the blood spatters and the broken plant pots and everything. It didn't work because nobody cared. And then today, on Monday, the stupidity of having a man who's... This wasn't even his last job as an undercover policeman. This You're supposed to believe this happened a while ago, right? Mm. This has happened long enough ago that he was undercover, got back out of being undercover had at least one more job, and in the meantime, this man has been brought to justice in a court case, so it's got to be at least a year or so, and then been murdered. And then enough time for Maggie to work herself up to deciding to get revenge. Yeah. He's still got her name on his phone under Maggie. Why hasn't he changed his number? Why has he got her name in there as Maggie? Well, I mean, from the way when Maggie have, speaks like, to him later, she's like, oh, I thought we were friends. So I guess that... You why know, has they he did... got friends from when he was an undercover heroin dealer on his phone when he's supposed to be an undercover... Well, maybe he doesn't have very promises. many real friends in real life, so he just builds up a collection of Imagine them Imagine how all many his, people he knows people. from all of his undercover work. How many people he has to meet? And he's only got one Maggie in there. You'd think she would be like Maggie with like a little needle and like a, a skull and crossbones or something. Well, you can have a needle emoji, can't you? Yeah, yeah exactly. Anyway, so Maggie's told Coach, him to do you go not to the wasteland. I, I... But she's texting like, she's like, hi, Maggie here. Remember me? Do you remember when my husband died because of you? He doesn't even have to get filled in on that. He's like, yeah, this is definitely the woman I thought it was going to be. I added her name into my phone because I thought that she was the one that kid... Is that the, that's the only way it makes sense? He like, oh, I think it might be Maggie. I better put a number on my phone in case. Did you try to ring her up yourself? Did you? Did you try to call her? You had her number in your phone, and she texts you to let you know she's kidnapped Toya. <laughs> you didn't go. I better take a bit of initiative here and and contact her myself because I've got her number. How would that phone call go? I'm Maggie. It's me, Spider. Do you remember me? Do you remember me? me? How are just, you doing? Just be, have you got Toya? You seen Toya lately? How do you think it would go? How do you think it would go? Ring, ring. All right. 
right, listen here. Have you got my have you got my girlfriend? That's how it would go. It would be like, all right, how are you doing? How are you, can I stop you there? I'm not really interested. I want to know where my girlfriend is. However, let's forget about that. Okay. He's He knows where she is now. So he, he goes, he gets there. I'm very good at letting things go. He, he gets to the, the wasteland where, where Toy is banged up in a van. And um, luckily, he, he's got his emergency pliers with him to, to help free her. And also, luckily, Maggie is nowhere to be seen at uh, this uh, point. We didn't... No, no, no. You've jumped ahead quite a lot, haven't you? Spider gets a text from Maggie saying, I've said that. Here's my location. Yeah. Don't don't follow me. I literally said that. That's what we were but, just talking but about. She, and she also sends a photo. Oh, yes. There was a photo. I didn't mention that, did I? That was brilliant. There's her, like, <laughs> doing a selfie page like face, a face. With, a, with a gun. Um, like, she like, looked like oh, Charlie's Angels or something. Yeah. And Toy was there in the background with a hostage face on. Oh, my god. Toy's gosh. in the background. She knows that she's having a photo taken. Of her as a hostage, and she's like, "Yeah, no, you didn't tell me when you were taking it. Do it again. I blinked. I blinked. Oh no, you've got to do it again, Maggie, because I look dead. Take it again with my eyes open." So, as I was saying, Spidey... and also, you don't have a picture of today's newspaper. That's stupid. Could have been taken any time, couldn't exactly. it? Exactly. She yeah. could already be dead. So, Leanne goes and tells Nick what's happened. Oh yeah. And then she says, "Spider's gone by himself," and I'm worried oh, God, because I'm the only one who knows. Then Spider gets to the van because... No, he yeah, Spider gets to the van. He starts untying Toy with his emergency pliers. He's just got a whole, whole array of tools in his uh, in his jacket pocket for any undercover situation have, that might arise. Why would you not have, like, you know, like a Swiss army knife or something? Or a gun of his own? <laughs> he's, he's, um... What do you think? Oh, he's going to be saying, he's like, Toya, hold your hands up. I'm going to try and shoot the ropes off. <laughs> I've I only got six bullets. He doesn't need a gun. He he's probably can sling web like Spider-Man. He should have grabbed no Toya and then Spider-Man swung his way out of there. One of the most but they're out in the middle of nowhere, so there's nowhere for the web to attach. That's it's why. the only thing that Spider-Man can't do is untie people with his webs. <laughs> yeah, and make it worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me see if I can shoot. Oh, no, sorry, oh, Toya. You're going to have to stay here. You're, you're on your own, love. <laughs> Uh, anyway. Right. anyway, he's in the middle of untying her and then Maggie comes along and points the gun at him and he's like, oh, sorry, Maggie, for what happened. It wasn't me who killed your husband, was it? And Maggie's like, ah, you just used me to get to John. That's my husband, by the way. I thought we were friends and I don't want you dead. I want you to suffer. Say goodbye to Toya. So her plan is that she's going to shoot Toya in the head while Spider's there so he can watch his beloved veggie lasagna cooking friend die. It's not a, it's not fra- her friend. They're not Never. friends. Yeah. Um, uh, and then so we next see them down on their knees outside the van. And of course everyone at home's going, mm. oh, it's not, it's just not Corrie, is it? Yeah, Executing people in a teenage wasteland <laughs> on a Monday <laughs> afternoon. It's not, it's not really Corrie. So, and then Spider leaps up and says, because he's, he's come up terrible. with a plan now. This is awful. I, I don't even really love Toya. Not like you love John. She's got stinky I'll farts. move on. What's <laughs> <laughs> all that over she? Oh, yeah. I'll move on. Don't shoot her. It won't make any difference. Like, nice, nice try, Spider. If you really cared, you wouldn't say anything, would you? Yeah. You go, it doesn't, whatever. So, he, and he gets right in her face and says, yeah, your husband was a scumbag heroin dealer and I'm glad he's dead. Ah. He goes to grab the gun and says, Toya, run. So Toya... Toya's standing there going, oh, well. I suppose I better leg it then. She runs away and we kind of track Toya for a bit. There's a gunshot off scene and Toya freezes. Turns around and sees spiders lying there motionless on the floor. No, <laughs> no blood spilling out or anything. He's but all... he's 
he's definitely dead. He's, he's, he's like... He's got his legs curled up. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> he's on his back with his legs curled up. <laughs> he's just there swatting him with an old newspaper okay. just to make uh. sure. <laughs> oh, green stuff's coming out now. Well, where do, I mean, we know that Tino's Wasteland is right by the canal, isn't it? So she could have just, just put a giant glass over the top yeah. of him. Yeah, him in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But no, she doesn't more fool her. She's she, she freaking won't, out. Yeah, yeah. Toya says, "Please, please, let me help him. I'll, t- I'll, I'll, I won't, I won't dub you in. I'll tell, I'll tell everybody that he came at you. Just let me check that he's, he's okay. I'll be your witness." And Maggie says, "The witness is the last thing that I want." So she then goes to um, shoot Toya. Toya runs. Another gunshot. Uh-huh. Um, she stops. Turns around. And Spider's just leapt up and he's there and it's like, whoa. So the last, like, literally two seconds before he was lying curled up on the ground. But they do that, don't they? Now, yeah, that's how they get Sometimes they they pretend to be dead and you poke them and they come back alive again. Next thing, he's he's sprung up, he's shot old Maggie um, and and he's got a bulletproof vest on so it's all okay. That's where he got his pliers from. Yes, it's like his bat utility belt, isn't it? He should have got out of the shark spray. He should have, like, um, shed his other skin, like spiders do sometimes. Just leave another fake dead spider as the shell on the floor, and he kind of emerges as a fresh new pink spider (laughs) with no clothes on, obviously. That would have made more sense. That's all I can say. Well, I mean, it's not really surprising that he had a bulletproof vest on, I guess, because he knew that she she had a gun. Yeah, that's when... not really surprising to me. That makes that's the only thing that makes any sense yeah. in this whole story. That's that he thought about wearing a wearing a vest. Yeah. Um, okay. So the police have sworn the place later. DS Swain is there, giving Spider a good old finger wagging for going off on his own uh, as well as she should. Every time they do this, don't they? And then she she gives the line of the oh, episode, yeah, going it. past Toya. What was it? Something like, so oh, well done. I see you kept this one alive, Mrs. Habib. <laughs> funny. Well, I also, can you nasty. imagine, right, how much trash talk goes on at the police um, department against Spider going out with Toya? Yeah. Imagine how much they take the mick out of him and rib him about this. <laughs> You wouldn't be able to look him in the eye, would you? You'd be like, this woman was in here, like, not that long ago for murdering somebody else. Are you crazy? I know. It was like when, it's like Craig and Faye, wasn't it, when he was dating her and she was in... But, you know, Toy was exonerated, so... She didn't, she didn't get did, found Didn't do nothing, guilty. apparently, according to the mm. law. Good old didn't lady justice. So, anyway, Spider at this point is musing that maybe he's not cut out for this line of work. What line of work is this supposed to be, Undercover Spider? policing. It wasn't undercover policing when Toya got kidnapped. No, but he was going all James Bond about it. It's all, you know, painted with the same brush. I, I wish he'd done a, a forward roly-poly. Right, they're then in I would hospital know it's later. They're in hospital. Leanne's having a, <laughs> having a moan at Spider for putting Toya in a position like this. Spider, most unfortunate... Toya's like, Spider's not to blame here. Just like you weren't, Leanne, for what Harvey did. And actually, if you kind of weigh up the amount of trouble that's been brought onto the street by Toya versus the amount of trouble that's been brought onto the street by Leanne and her family, mm. then, you know, she hasn't got a leg to stand no. on, has she, really? The unfortunate thing about Leanne is that even when she's right, though, she's just insufferable, isn't she? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and, but you know what? I, went, I will say that Toya just did seem incredibly okay with the fact that she was kidnapped because of Spider's undercover police work. Well, she's like, it's not his fault. I'd be like, I would have a word with you. If that was you, I would have a word with you about it. I'd be a <laughs> bit cross. I'd say something. I wouldn't be like, oh, no. 
Well, she just wants to stand up to She's her She's being far too nice about it, I thought. She, she, she loves him. She said anyway, look, she don't worry also, about it. The other thing I want to say, she didn't seem that bothered again that she'd just been kidnapped. And what's she supposed to do? She's no, she's no Alia. She just gets kidnapped. Oh, that's true. Gets a gun shoved in her face. Gets on with life. Alia, we'd be still hearing about this in six months down the line. Toya moves like, on. Toya's like, Leanne, I cannot talk to you. I've got to go to the shoulder volunteers to get yeah. some support for my kidnapping. <laughs> so don't speak to me. I need my support group. Um, anyway, she's she's thinking of quitting the... Uh, sorry, Toya says, look, don't worry about it. Spider's thinking of quitting the police. And Spider says... Oh, not actually. Idiot spider. Um, so, oh, that was at the flat later, wasn't it? Anyway, so it, it it transpires that Spider has decided that he's not going to quit the force after all. And he explains to Toya... Oh, hang on. No, you, you've missed another really cringe bit. It's so bit exciting. Where, I'm just I know, This was ahead. actually interesting to watch because of how cringe it was. But Nick and Leanne both having a go at Toya, like she was their teenage daughter who had a naughty boyfriend going... We think it's best if you don't bring Spider around her anymore. He's caused far too much trouble. To be fair, they do have Sam to think about. But to be honest, if they, if Sam had been there, he would have clocked Maggie around the head with a telescope and it would have been all sorted oh, before well. Spider had even got there. So It was just incredibly cringe watching a grown woman being told by her sister that her police officer husband is, is too naughty. <laughs> not, not husband, but husband-to-be. As good as. Come on, I, Lord. I just thought that was so cringe. I know. So Spider said, "No, I'm th- I don't think I'm gonna. I, I don't think I'm gonna leave being a copper." Actually, he tells Toya because they're alone later on. All this drama has made me realise the world's still a dangerous place, and what I do is making a difference. And he's like, "I'm the only person it's that can logical. save the what to save the world from all these bad guys like Maggie." Yeah, like Maggie. <laughs> Honestly. Uh, it feels like she she was in luck almost every moment up until she got clocked by by Spider. She seems to have got away with so much. Why wasn't Toya trying to attack her and stuff? Well, who knows? She just seems really lucky. I don't think she's a criminal mastermind, is she? Uh, no, I just love the fact she's called Maggie as well. They were talking in tonight's Coronation Street about who's ever heard of anyone, any big business moguls called um, Darren. Darren, And they yeah. couldn't think of anyone. But yeah, who's ever heard of... A criminal called Maggie. Although, yeah, Maggie Simpson did shoot Mr Burns as well. Don't give it away. Sorry. Also, in Spoiler The Walking Dead... Spoiler for 25 years ago. Maggie is pretty hardcore. Oh, yeah, she is, isn't like she? like her. Maybe. So maybe, maybe that's why she's called Maggie. What would you call her then? Um... I don't know because What's I don't. What's a scary name? Gemma. When <laughs> 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 I've done something wrong. <laughs> I don't know. Right. So um, he he says, "Look, Toya, I, I, the planet needs me. I still believe." I, I, they, I they, they try to make it like you know back in the day when I used to fight for justice and I wanted to save the world by being an eco warrior and climbing up trees and digging down tunnels well, well now I just believe problem. yeah there's nothing wrong with the environment now um, but I still believe that I can make a difference by being a policeman he says I'm just wearing different hats so he's not he's not wearing his, his knitted bobble hat anymore he's got his uh, he's got his policeman's cap on this was, this was sloppy and Toya says look if you still love me you need to make our world a better place. Me and you, me and you. Not the, and Toya said, look, I can't believe this isn't a simple decision for you. We're engaged to be married and you're saying, oh, I'm going to choose my job over me. And he says, look, yeah, because I'm finally making an impact like I always wanted to. Don't make me choose. And so she's like, fine, 
I'm going to choose for you. There's no point us carrying on if you can't pick me over your career. Mm -hmm. I don't want to throw this away, but I need to see with somebody who doesn't think twice about putting me first. Yeah, good. And they kind of get to a position towards the end of the episode where they realise that this is pretty much the end of the road for them. Mm -hmm. Spider says... Well, you know, when I came back and saw you, I thought I was getting a second chance of happiness. And Spider and Toya says, you were. You were, and you blew it. Right, you okay. look, Spider. The logical... The, the logic makes no sense here, because how did Spider manage to turn this entire scenario into the most logical thing for me to carry on, is to carry on being a cop, right? Because his idea... He, right, he, he believes in justice, does he? Does yes. he think that John, who's Maggie's dead husband, did he get justice as a result of Spider's actions? No, because he was murdered. Mm. Because it, it, and it was a direct result of what Spider had done. I wonder Does how guilty think... Spider feels for he what didn't happened seem to, to John. Have, he didn't seem to give two craps, did he? He, he was no. like, he's a he's a he was a drug dealing scumbag. Okay, so does he deserve to die for that? Not in this country, he doesn't. That's not a, it's not a capital offence, is it? He I also, think John should have had a nice, a harder name as well, like yeah, John. Maggie and John. Yeah. <laughs> Next door neighbours, yeah. Maggie and John just coming round to give us some heroin. But cake. you know, you know, when they teach you about drug dealing at school, it's not just you know the tough skinheads that are doing it. It could be anyone. Could be that little old lady that's walking down the street. Yeah, it could yeah. be a drug dealer. So yeah, Maggie and John. Why right. not? Did did. Maggie get justice as a result of his actions. No, she suffered because of the justice system. Didn't protect her. Didn't protect John from the consequences of, you know, that it wasn't justice that he was murdered. Didn't protect Toya. Didn't protect Spider from Maggie coming after him. Mm-hmm. How can he then go, oh, the system that I'm involved in, which is called... Another job well done. He does his like, oh, well, I feel like it, yeah. Another tick in the box for me, Spider. Another, yeah. I think I'm gonna have a nice salad to celebrate. Another medal on me, old (laughs) hoodie. You know, it it doesn't make. Do you think he gets a little extra rainbow bead for his necklace every case that he cracks? Maybe, yeah. It's like the the Meisters in um in Game of Thrones (laughs) get a new link on their chain. Honestly, this whole thing should have made him go. This has made me realise that being an undercover policeman actually causes misery, pain, and suffering. I don't feel like I'm get bringing anybody to justice. Justice, if anything, I'm making it worse. <laughs> I'm gonna quit, and you know, if they wanted to get rid of him, they should have made him disillusioned, or or do what I suggested, which I know was cliche, but at least it was logical. Sometimes cliches are, are cliches because they make sense. He should have gone. I don't want you to get in danger again. What if Griff gets out? What if um, any of the other? What, is, what if there's some more people in the network? They were thinking last week that it could have been an undercover white supremacist for a little bit. There are still people lurking everywhere who could come and attack Toya and Spider. But his reason for not wanting to continue the relationship is that he's too good of a policeman. <laughs> And that all it just flies in the sense. face of all evidence. And yes. uh, sorry, I I think I. I think it was a lucky. I I, I said when when he came back and it was like <laughs> spiders and undercover policeman. I was like, okay, yeah. let's see where this goes. But now the storyline no, has come to stu- a conclusion. It was pointless. It's silly and it was a mess. I I don't. I'm not as anti the idea as lots of other people out there, but. There were so many ways I, to have made this there, make a, more there sense. There are better ways that he could have been brought back. He shouldn't have been brought back as an undercover policeman. Number one, that that was, you know, that was a bad idea from the beginning. 
Uh, and it also boggles my mind that we're going through a period of time where there is actually a genuine... and You know, Spider came into the show during the height of the, the eco-warrior protests in the 90s. That is having its moment again. This is in the news almost every day. These Just Stop Oil people, mm. you know, causing havoc and people getting annoyed with them. And whatever you think about it, it doesn't make any difference. This could have been Hot a really... Earth Day on record the other week. This could have been a really interesting way to revisit Spider. He could have he could have got, bit, got himself in conflict with the residents of the street by doing just what the Stop, just stop All people were doing. They could have had a really interesting discussion between some of the people. They could have had, you know, um, an incident on the street where somebody had, an, you know, like we've had seen in the news, an ambulance can't get through because he refuses to move. And it's his principles. And he's saying, I don't care about this individual person because I care about the planet and the 7 billion people who are going to suffer and you know all of those talking points and all of the other counterpoints which would be why are you bothering me and not you know Elon Musk and Richard Branson who are causing far more damage there's so much interesting stuff to do with protesting now as much as there was in the 90s and what did they do made him a policeman the, the thing is, I, I really, honestly, genuinely did enjoy the racism storyline. I, I like Max. I like Spider. I found it an interesting type of story. It's a little bit different. I thought, you know, all the stuff with Max being indoctrinated, watching those videos. Griff was a very charismatic character. Um, I, I know it went off with a bit of a, a bit of a minor bang with, with Alia in the van and everything. But on the whole, I enjoyed that story, which is why even though I had my reservations about him being an undercover cop, I could sit back and watch it because, like, yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying this story. But now that's over, the whole story's over, I'm definitely on your side thinking, I I kind of wish it was another character that they had given that to and then they could have freed Spider up to do this. Like, I'm, I'm wondering, did they... What came first? The idea to have a story about an undercover cop infiltrating a far-right group or the idea that let's bring Spider back? Like, did they, if they came up with a far-right idea first and then they thought, oh, who would be perfect to be in that story? What about Spider? Now, that doesn't you know really what? make sense. And, or did they say, you know, you know what? Imran's dead. Toya's going to be a bit of a... going to need somebody to, 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 to cosy up to now. Um, let's bring Spider back for a bit. Okay, what's the story? Oh, let's have him be an undercover for, like, whichever way around you look at it. It doesn't really make sense. Nope. <laughs> if they were going to bring back somebody, if, you know, th- that's the other thing to consider is they might have gone, I think it'd be a really cool twist if we had an ex Cory actor come back as their character, but it's undercover. And you don't really know, you know, what they're up to. And then they went, oh, who, who's available? And then they... They, you know, selected Martin Hancock. Yeah. yeah. Um, why not? Why on earth? Why the heck? We know that she's around. Who? Thelma Barlow. Yeah. Well, we find out more about that later in the cabin section. Ma- old Mavis space. could have come back as an undercover, supremely white supremacist <laughs> because of her hair. <laughs> How cool would that have been? Mavis pretending to be a racist. <laughs> Oh, I, I, yeah, or, or Moira. Think? Or Moira, I'm going to say. Moira would be really She'd good be at awesome. it. <laughs> um, anyway. Right, that's not the end of the story. That's not the end of the story. That's not the end of the ranting about it, I'm, I'm sure. But we, we must get on to Wednesdays, which, like I said earlier, it it fixed a lot of the, 
bad taste that I had in my mouth after Monday's Monday. Monday was just a, a. By this time, I was like, he's going. My prediction was right. I'm really, really sad because despite all of this, I really, really, really do love Spider as a character. I love Martin Hancock. I love Spider. I love the little warm, fuzzy feeling it gives me when Absolutely. I think back old, um, um, uh, retro y. Um, What's it called? Nostalgia no, for for their for her for their relationship in the nineties. The fact that then when they got together, she was just a teenager, so they were kind of young lovers. I know that he's you know ten years her senior and everything, but their their ro- romance really warms the cockles of my heart, and that's why I, despite everything, it's like I'd I'd have her spider back in a heartbeat, and I I bear him the character no fair no no ill will. I want I him just to come think back. He's been put back in a dodgy Very situation odd. this year. I want to come back like next year and be like, what do you mean, undercover policeman? I think the gas has been left on round here. That didn't happen. That's silly. <laughs> no, he should just say, actually, I'm just, a, I, I'm still an activist, but and I'm an undercover activist pretending to be an undercover policeman, pretending <laughs> yeah. to be a racist. God, now it I can finally really, tell you, Toya. It goes really deep. I would love that. That'd be, this is why it didn't, wasn't one of those, th- that was one of the things I said when he first... When he came back as an undercover policeman, so many people were saying, this is stupid, it makes no sense. And I was defending this because I was saying, look, there are loads of avenues they can go down for this, for it to make sense. And I was totally willing to give them a, a, a shot at making this logical. And they, I think they blew it, <laughs> honestly. But yeah, being an right. undercover activist as an undercover policeman, <laughs> that would have been so cool. Imagine if he'd like, he'd come in with his, with his, um, He's got his, his like, uh, one jacket on and then he pulls it off and underneath he's got, like, a just stop on and he pulls that one off and then he's got, like, a, a swastika and he pulls that one off and then he's got, like, a, a burning, like, a polar bear looking sad or something. Yeah. Anyway, Wednesday. Must <laughs> Wednesday. move, must move on. We have on. to get on with it. So, um, yeah, Toy is pretty down at the beginning of the episode because she thinks... Well, she, well, she thinks that it's over between her and Spider. Possible. She's maybe spoken to him for the final yeah. time. We didn't know if he was going to... If he'd actually gone on Monday. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it could well have been that final conversation on Monday is like, anyway, I'm off now, Toya. That's the last you'll see of me. Especially because I'm convinced that Monday is often a day for characters leaving. I, I don't know whether that holds water. But anyway, Leanne and Spider meet up in Victoria Garden. So Leanne's probably... Maybe, maybe she's feeling a bit guilty for having a go at Toya the other day, but she decides that I'm going to try and let them get them together to have one final conversation before he before he goes. And she's like, look. Why is he still there? He's just sitting in the gardens. The, the trams are, you know, fairly irregular from Weatherfield, let's say. So he says, look, I'm, I don't want to leave, but I have to. And she says, but look, I know you're not one to back down from your cause, but please have one one final chat with our Toya so that you can end on a positive note. So Leanne goes back home and says, so, so Toya, um, had, any, had any word from Spider recently? No, uh, and oh look, Toy, you're just getting a text. Oh, it's from Spider, isn't that a coincidence? And Toy is like, well suspicious that Leanne's been stirring something here, but she says, "Yeah, it's from Spider. He wants to meet up. Okay, I will have a meet up with him because I am not hiding from him." So to- Spider comes round the flat. Toya's got his stuff bagged up, hands him back the engagement ring. Oh, she's still got plenty of other rings on her finger though, so the fingers won't get cold. And t- she's. <laughs> Is that what happens? Yeah, know. you do. You need to case them up. <laughs> and um, see, so yeah, Toy is a little bit annoyed that Leanne stuck her nose in, but 
Oh, well, it did give them they both the opportunity do it to each for, other. A, for a final chat. They both do it to each other. They've got no legs to stand on. Yeah. So they go outside and thank goodness that this scene happened. It wasn't perfect, but it Oh, made, well, this was actually this was, sweet. This was touching. Yeah, this for was... For us lifelong Spider and Toy this shippers, should have been how it was we all the appreciate way this. So Spider's like, I wish I could have been the person you wanted me to be. Mm. I may be only going to have this job for another five years or so more, and then and then I can retire, and then maybe we can get back together. And he starts to tear Unless up. He gets and killed. He gives him a little, gives her a little spider brooch, doesn't doesn't he? He's got a box with a little special silver spider brooch in, and they hug and they tell yeah, each other they're going to miss each other, and it was really really sweet. There's you know over the course of the last few weeks, there's been lots of oh Toya, I've always loved you, and you've been the only one for me, and everything, and it's all that kind of stuff it was all very lovely and they, it doesn't drag on for too long um, it was she, a very Toya, nice scene. Toya knows that she needs to make the break here otherwise you know they'd just be hugging there by Friday's episode so she turns around walks away leaves mm. him there at the tram station mm. and she's like wobbly lip time and and that's it. Very and well acted. It was very well of done. Of course. Yeah, I mean, Georgia Taylor, all, even all though week, she didn't have the best material to work with this done week. done the absolute best with this. I believed she was scared about being locked up she in the was, back of she a van. She was perfect all the way through. It's just the the, the, the scenario was and the, the script at times was was bizarre. Yeah. I mean... I don't... I, the, I one of the I've I got many problems with this. I think <laughs> part of it was the fact that it came out of nowhere. These are two characters that we'd barely seen anything from in the last five months. You know, Toya would maybe show up for a couple of scenes serving drinks at the bistro. Spider would be yep. in the background of random scenes, and then you go from that. It's like naught to sixty, isn't yep. it? In in two episodes, and all of a sudden, there's this unconvincing hostage situation, and we're supposed to care about them. And and yes, I obviously care about Toya, but I know a lot of other people don't, which makes it worse because people, people were watching it going, oh, I'm not even bothered about Toya. I, I, I don't, you know, she's. She, I think she's generally a, I think you know, people... a, an admired actress and yeah. a, a fairly liked character if she's given something good to do. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, a year ago when she was um, grieving over Imran. Fantastic. Everybody loved her. Mm. But I don't think they were too bothered about her being banged up here. But just to go to it so quickly, and it's ramping up for the sake of, hey, everybody, there's something huge happening here. Let's have everybody talking about it. And really relying on over-the-top spectacle and um, bombastic, you know, tense hostage situations when... It was uh, odd. It, it's uh, like a fever it, it, dream. The all of this could have dream. been missed out yeah. and they could have had more conversations. They could have had more chats. They could have Trust had more directors. just him deciding that he needs to go to this job down south. Trust your actors but and it, trust your characters and make scenarios that people can relate to because this happened in two days. No, well, three days because it was Friday last week. Nobody else on the street noticed. Did anyone know that Toya was kidnapped? No. Yeah, did we point. see? Did we see anybody going? Oh, have you seen Toya? Oh my God! You know, we saw them speak to Sam in the bistro. There might have been one or two other characters. How does Sam about feel it, about this? Do you not think that Sam's? You know, Sam had this massive hang-up and complex about bad people doing bad things, and he didn't understand why they did. He seems to have brushed off the fact that his aunt was kidnapped. Mm. 
right under you know literally he could have been him he, he, don't you think he'd be freaked out I somebody don't... was shot his mum was killed with a gun then then this woman that he's been living with was kidnapped by somebody with a gun has he got anything to say about it no because he was playing chess <laughs> are you kidding me I'd have liked to have had Sam have a conversation with Spider about his decision to stay or leave. That or could have whatever. been that a really been good, good catalyst for Spider realizing that actually would have been brilliant. You could have had Spider going. He's going to jack it in. He's going to go and tell Swain to to shove her job up her bum because he can't do it anymore because of Toya. Then he bumps into Sam. And Sam goes. I heard you saved Toya from the bad lady. She had a gun. My mum was murdered by a gun. We need people like you to help, you know, that it may be a bit try. I don't know. But it makes way more sense than him going, oh, from this pile of crap that happened on Monday, it inspires me to be a policeman even more than normal. Mm. Doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It was... Having Sam as the, as the catalyst to make Spider want to protect people... Yeah, it, it, it would have made more sense than this. Or, or, or even like we didn't get to see anything of Spider with Max, did we? And Max was in this week's <sighs> Coronation Street. Did he have anything to say about the fact that is you know his old chum there from? Was a, there was a conversation with Spider and Max at one point about what this week? No, not this week, but like not that long ago. But you're right, Lor- You know, and, and also Lauren and Max are the ones that tipped Maggie off. He's not. He's oh not, yeah, talking, she was, wasn't she? That nobody's didn't... talking about yeah. that to them. No, they gave this no room at all. And and the thing is, a, a hostage situation could be exciting, but this one wasn't. And it was the weren't worried. The, weren't, weren't worried about it. The, the the script didn't build tension. The direction didn't build tension. The the fact that it was another like bright sunny day. In July, or, you know, May, whenever this was filmed, that lacked any tension. The fact that it was on the same old wasteland as they always use, and then, like, in my head I was thinking, oh, the Cory Studios are just round the corner there. I don't know that that's ev- their fault. No, no, it's not. It's not. that. That's me. But it all builds up in my brain to, like, this situation is not at all dangerous. I knew that Toya wasn't going to get killed. I didn't know whether Spider would do. And I'm glad that he wasn't, but I don't know, would it have been better if he, if he had been? I think some people would, a lot of people would say yes, no, but I don't, I'm, I don't I'm, I'm glad he made it out with his life because if he had been killed, then uh, maybe sad really... wishes me, it would have been very sad and then we'd have had a long period of Toya moaning and uh, not She's moaning, moan grieving, anyway. grieving. It's so. hard to tell the difference. <laughs> so, I, so I don't want that. Well, you know, the, other, was... the other thing I'm annoyed about this is that it's left Toya in limbo again. Yeah. What's the purpose of her character? She should be one of the most central characters on the show. She's a legacy character and she's a bloody good actress. Yeah, and she's been just left adrift She's again. sidelined. She she, there she is... works in the bistro now. That does I mean, why? Because everybody gets put in um, you know, a service job just because it's they're like, working out It's like Shona. It's shown Shona at the cafe. I mean, she does get a lot to say because that's a very overused set at the moment. But Julia Goulding is such an asset to Coronation Street and all they're doing with her is but, making her butter her rolls and yeah. occasionally have a snarky remark is, with David. The thing is about it, though, Shona's character suits that role. Toya's character doesn't really suit working in a bar. No, not particularly. And even though she was the landlady. <laughs> but, but. <laughs> well, I think if we do, the more we remember about that, the more, more we'll think that she is not suited to the booster, actually. I'm just really frustrated that this is what they're giving people i i don't i I think we need to put the brakes on doing any more of this bombastic stunts 
it wasn't even a stunt really it was just gimmicky that's the trouble i don't like these yeah, gimmicks it did just feel gimmicky if if you're gonna build up to it and if you're gonna do the proper direction and if you're gonna set it at night and if you all of this then it works but if it's just like a throwaway hostage just over over two episodes it's been months of this now though hasn't it you know from yeah. the very beginning of the year just oh you know yeah, you got yeah, you you are bombing your van, no, yeah. Nina in peril no in the lake. Yeah, there's, there's, I was gonna say there's no peril here at all. It's just a series of people are put in perilous situations and they generally survive. Unless, we're not unless you're Rufus or Teddy. <laughs> uh, so so keep it with, with the dialogue, keep it with the conversations because the, the final scene in this episode showed that it still works. Play that, to, that sort of stuff is, is it can be a strength still. Play to Coronation Streak's strengths, yeah. Play to the fact that these characters have a, what, 20-year history. Yeah, yeah. Play, play to the, the fact... Or 30-year, whatever. Yeah, yeah 20 years. Play, yeah. play to the fact that these these are good actors and they can perform scenes. And also you've got great writers who can do fantastic dialogue. Mm. I, some of the stuff that... Ha- some of the lines on Monday... Oh, man. Yeah, I know. And then it got my goat that they... Over seemingly nothing, he chose his job over Toya. Yep. I just, I just Makes don't no believe that that character would do that. No, no, it, it was, it and was a betrayal of the character. This, this return of Spider was a betrayal of his character from start to finish, and they did as best as they could. But the, the entire scenario was, was, was a silly idea to begin with, and it was botched execution. I mean, you opinion. could, you could well say that if you look back at Spider's <laughs> history with Toya. A long time it was her pursuing him, right in the early days. I'm talking like late 97 and and through 98. Mm -hmm. And there were times when he went off and left her Mm -hmm. um, in Weatherfield. And when... When she left her final stint in 2003, he just you know happened to be coming back to visit Emily. Speaking of which, I can't believe we've had Spider back for a year and not a single mention about how Emily Bishop is getting on. Seriously. couldn't think, That could have been a throwaway line in Wednesday's episode. Like, I think I'm going to go and stay with my Auntie Em for, for, for a few weeks. I don't mind if she gets kidnapped by a drug dealing She Auntie Em can look after herself, I tell yeah. you. Anyway, um, and, and then we do, and then the when when they left together in 2003 to go and live happily ever after, obviously something went wrong between then and Toya's return in 2015, and we still don't yeah, really what know hell? what happened They haven't there, filled out any gaps. Spider has... Yeah. And what I'm saying is Spider in the past has shown that he doesn't need Toya and he can leave her and get on okay. But despite all that, I, I just... Picking this particular job over her when they just got engaged and oh. that was the other thing as well did that why why did they have to make them get engaged was that really necessary and also what happened to his bloody wife and her wanting to divorce him and she's not in the country what, what, yeah. what happened there These are just doesn't weird, matter. weird additional red herrings or something honestly mm. what a mess i i i'm glad that spider I, I don't think he's like left as a villain or anything i'm shaking my head at him as he goes for making a really poor choice a a but rogue. but if he were to come back i, I don't it, it well it, it has kind of character assassinated him a little bit but if, if he were to come back and i really hope he does maybe he will come back in, in five, five years, years like he suggested um well, I'm, know, I'm not expecting it but. here's another question is he just resigned himself to never having a girlfriend or or partner again now? Or is well, he, he's married he, to the force, isn't he now? But is he, you know, he's saying, oh, I can't, you know, 
is he gonna just what's the word put another poor woman through this find someone else and put, put her make you know uh, he's got a girl in every web yeah <laughs> just it just uh, well I'm glad that he's got he gave her a brooch because I'm I, hoping that we're going to see this I'd love her to wear this because, brooch but then again do you remember how heartlessly she just like binned oh Imran's yeah Imran's ring. ring yeah maybe she'll put Imran's ring back on she'll she'll just have a, a, a moment the next time we see her which is probably going to be about six months time where she goes oh yeah I think sorry Imran <laughs> yeah, I just had a, to, to leave her my senses for a little bit I was married to you and everything how about she she moves on does Tori how about right we get a scene where she opens a jewellery box and she, she puts the brooch next to the ring and then she kind of looks up and does this like evil smile and then the, the theme from Jigsaw movies starts playing and then we get this clip of like how she killed Imran on purpose and then how Spider got on the tram and she followed him and bonked him on the head with a, <laughs> with a bottle and killed him as well. Oh, and gosh, then we go back a bit further to when she was in London and she was just bumping off people who went to their drinks bar. I mean, it's about the only thing I can think of left of the character. I, I really, really, really... <laughs> and she's just got this box of inexplicable jewellery from, you presume, about 50 men that she's bonked off. No, I don't want that. I want her to have a sensible, serious, long-running story. She needs to make connections in the street, but I, I don't really know how. Um, Do something with Toya. I'm I'm out. I, I, Not have, no, I have no ideas, but I... I really love the character and I hope that Coronation Street can step up to the plate well, and give her something that she deserves because she's clearly one of the better actresses that's in the show. You were absolutely right when you said that this was a monkey's paw wish that we got given here. Mm. We wanted more Toya and we wanted Spider back. We were happy when they came back and it was like, the genie was like saying, oh yeah, how can I screw this up for you? Well, here you go. Did you enjoy that? It wasn't even a full week of action. No. You know, it was over two, it's been over two weeks. It went on the front of the soap magazines. Uh, it was a big miss, and some of the characters deserve better, honestly. Mm. And we and we need to actually. And it's not like they can't do it in other stories as well. There's the you know the Stephen Reed stuff. I know that I know people. Some people don't like it, but it's genuinely good. On Wednesday, this good, some yeah. really good scenes. Stephen Reed is last is last man standing, isn't he? From our twenty twenty two returnees, got no Wendy, got no Spider, got no Martha. Stephen Reed reigns victorious, but for how long? Gemma, do you want to? Oh, um, I hope for a very long. To time. remind us what happened is, this week. For this was a bit of a dramatic week Canadian for our Stephen, wasn't it? It's on Monday. Elaine's in a snit with him, isn't she? Yeah. She's she's um, trying to prove that she's an independent woman who don't need no man. Um, so she refuses. Because he pulled faces at her. <laughs> he made a face in the... You know, honestly, is that not normal? I make face, But I suppose I'd make faces at you. I don't make it behind your back. Yeah. I think that's the problem. Yeah. I think if you... I think <laughs> she just showed me the finger, everybody. <laughs> this is why we don't do a video podcast because she thinks you can get away with things like that. That's why I'm putting her on record. Oh no! Um, I think if I if if you caught me making a face at you behind, um, I'd just your tell back, you to bugger off. Yeah, but I, you, I'd swear at you. Yeah, you probably wouldn't make me my tea that night either. To be fair. Well, I don't hold grudges for the next day. No, 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 not, not really. Usually. Not really. Depends on what you did. So, <laughs> well, I mean, she's still mad on Monday. She's not made him lunch. Ooh. 
She's such a mousy little twit, isn't she? Yeah, but she stands up for herself she on does Friday. Have, yeah, she does, actually. Respect to Elaine. Respect. And he's like, come to the bistro for lunch. I don't mind. I don't need sandwich. He probably's glad she didn't. She probably makes some weird, like, Marmite and cheese or something. <laughs> but she says, no, she's far too busy descaling the kettle. So... <laughs> Which, as you pointed out, and I see a lot of people pointing out on, online afterwards, probably not the most common thing that's needed up in Manchester when they I have lovely soft water. And they've literally just moved in. Is that not a new kettle? Well, I don't know. Did you not, not clean your kettle before you moved? Dirty see, scrubber. I, uh, Manchester water is lovely. Having a yeah. shower in Manchester, oh, you feel soft. the difference. Soft. It's like you're being caressed all over, isn't it? Yes, nice. by angels. <laughs> so, yeah, Stephen's like, oh, I see. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm so, yeah, I see you're mad at me. I mean, he's, he's obviously not noticed until now when his sandwiches aren't made. I'm so sorry at the way I behaved about Tai Chi and Jerry. And <laughs> he called him Kung Fu Jerry today. That's brilliant. Loved it. So she, she accepts his apology, but, but she seems concerned now here's my question she's she smiles he walks off and then she looks sad is that making a face behind his back yeah it's a bit isn't it sad face mm. at work Carla turns up again Carla just turns up to scare Stephen that she's going to sell it sell the factory yeah. at the moment that's all she does she tells Stephen a potential buyer's going to come round at lunchtime and Stephen says I've got a meeting at lunchtime and Carla says well you need to be there especially because we want this guy uh, to be the manager. And also, don't mention the fact that his mum killed herself. Yes. Just just shoving it in there in the plot. By the way, Stephen, this guy who possibly might want to buy the factory, his mum killed himself, so don't Perfect. mention that herself. Don't bring don't it up. Don't mention that. And I know Stephen how says, you like to joke about... Stephen says, I wouldn't have done... I wouldn't have mentioned it if you hadn't reminded me, but now all I can think of is That's this all guy's I can think mum of. killing herself. Yep, literally. I had I had a thing that's happened to me. I went to game games night and they were like, the guy, one of the people, his, his dad, his dad <laughs> killed himself. And I did say a stupid thing at one point, which I was kicking myself about. Um, so yeah, I, I, don't don't tell me because I'll, I'll probably make an in- inappropriate joke anyway. <laughs> But yeah, the awkwardness here. So Stephen calls Elaine to try to reschedule this lunch date that they've organised. And she says, oh, I don't even care. I'm getting my hair done. But she doesn't realise that Audrey's behind her. And she's pretending she's in the salon and she's not. She doesn't realise that right at that very moment, Audrey's giving Eileen a fresh new do. More about that later. Oh, yeah. Yeah. New look Eileen this week. Yeah, but Audrey's there and she's hearing... Oh, yeah, she isn't. She's hearing... Elaine say, I'm in the salon. And then yeah. she turns around, she sees Audrey there, and um, she's like, oh, sorry, I didn't mean uh, for you to hear that, Audrey. How how awkward. And Audrey just knows that Stephen's told her that Elaine has got depression. And so she asks Audrey, she asks Elaine if she's okay, because avoiding social situations is a sign of depression. And she encourages um, Elaine to open up. So I thought this was interesting... And I don't think they mentioned it too much, unless I missed it, if at all. But obviously Audrey had her depression storyline last year, didn't she? And the whole yeah, I didn't Audrey even trying think to take that. her own life. So, you know, Audrey is tuned in to what behaviours one might exhibit if one is feeling suicidal. Mm. Back at the flat. So she just thinks she's the expert of the world now. Elaine and Audrey are having a chat and she opens up to Audrey about her worries about Stephen. Because he made faces at her the other day. And all, you know, if, if I were Audrey, you're sitting there going, 
look, love, if that's the worst that you know people around it, you've had murderers, serial killers, domestic abusers, rapists, and you think it, you're, you've got troubles because he made a He's face. He's a face puller. He pulled a face you saw it in the microwave. <laughs> so we're not going to be doing a top five of um, top five face pullers. Yeah, like no. Like we do with serial killers. We've never done that before. Um, Audrey says, oh, this, that was probably nothing. What do you mean? He, maybe he had something in his teeth. <laughs> and Elaine says... I think I'm I'm more invested in this relationship than than he is. I can't believe it's taken her this long and a face pull to, for her to work out that this man who's dragged his feet the whole time and he keeps making moon eyes at, at Jenny, Jenny Bradley is actually not that into it. Like even you got told this by your own son and you're still just working it out now. Yeah. So Audrey says, look, you're overthinking this. Stephen loves you. Anyone can see that. So Audrey then scurries off to the factory to tell. Stephen about this meeting this um chat she's had with Elaine and he's in the middle of his meeting so he's quite surprised but they have a little chat and Audrey tells him you're right Elaine Elaine has has got depression because you're spending all this time at the factory and diagnosis complete yeah doctor Dr Audrey retired so um she's at home she's overthinking everything she's all by herself knocking about in this big old house fancy house and Stephen says, thank you for telling me. Goes back to the office. The meeting guy's gone to the toilet. Yeah, he's, he's come, sad on, about he's his come over all funny about his mum. Because Was Why it because Stephen's to... mum turned? I don't remember. But it was very convenient. Uh, so Carla says to Stephen, you know, things have been really hard for this guy. Um, his, he's had to, his dad has got to wait a year because it... it of the suicide and it's taken this long for them to get their hands on the money because of the will and the insurance the and whatever. And Stephen's like, God damn it. I thought you could just get it straight away. Yeah. So basically this, this was the vehicle by which Stephen, who's, you know, I'd have thought would have read the small print to be honest, discovers that he doesn't just automatically inherit everything that Elaine owns. If he if makes it look like, no, if it makes it look like she, um, killed herself. herself. Yeah. Why doesn't he put everything in? Um, um, isn't it all in both their names? I don't think so. I can't remember. I don't know. I've clearly. He needs to bloody get married to her. Uh, well, yeah, that's the point. He wants to. All right. Well, he's mad. He goes home. He takes the suicide note, and he out of his big red metal box. We morning, got one of them. Yeah, we keep all of our... Everybody we know, we've written a suicide note in their handwriting in there, just in case. Comes yeah, in handy. We, yeah. But, you know, the same, same with us. Stephen needs to invest in a proper filing cabinet because... We really need a filing cabinet. Those little filing cabinet. boxes, they're, they're, useless, they're, 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 they're not the great. Yeah. Oh, I'll tell you what. It's, I don't understand why you're relying on that lock because our lock's been broken for years on that mm. thing. Um, he screws it up. Elaine comes home and she's not very happy about this. Um... Yeah, so, she says. Are you fulfilled with your life with me? Well, I'm not. You're never around. You're always in meetings. And even when you are here, you're not really here. All these Coronation Street men just all going out to work all the time. I know. I know. And then neglecting their women yeah. folk in the pursuit of the capitalist regime. Spider could have told you this. <laughs> Old Spider. Yeah. So he says, I'm sorry I've been inattentive, but I do love you and I want to marry you. Because I think I've got a new plan. <laughs> and Elaine's like, look, we're going to call this off. I think we should call this off. And he heads out for air. He comes back with an apology bouquet from Preston's Petals. And she's calmed down a bit, but she's still like, I, I think you, you prefer your job to me. And Stephen says, look, 
just because I'm I'm ratty doesn't mean I'm a bully like Jeff. You you've got to believe that I do love you. We really should give it a shot. We owe it to ourselves. We we should go away for a few days, maybe to the Peak District. And she's like, okay, sounds I like the sound of that. So he books them a holiday from supposedly this Wednesday to to Friday, and yeah, it's like a mini break that we're gonna go on. Yeah, and she goes into the bedroom and he takes out his um. <laughs> He takes out his red box and he looks at the life insurance policy and he's like, oh, honey, don't forget to pack your hiking boots. Those hills can be treacherous. <laughs> and it's like, oh, I was so excited. I was thinking, oh, he's going to push her off a cliff. He's going to throw her in a ditch. Can't wait. I was just thinking of Sean and his dentist boyfriend earlier this year and when Todd was um, accusing him of, mm-hmm. of, of uh, putting... Uh, was it? Yeah. his wife what wasn't it that he there? supposedly pushed off a mountain I was like that, that they're going down that route again is that that is, was more interesting than that was that was not that interesting okay well that, that wasn't interesting that story well right. I thought but, yeah I thought that it was it was interesting that Coronation Street were potentially going to go down that same route and then maybe I don't know whether Todd and Sean would have got involved in the story but we didn't get that far no. did we location budget didn't allow it but actually I think what happened on Wednesdays was was better I, I, you know, I would have loved some location scenes and, and having her having him push her off. But the, the thing that I really, really loved about <laughs> this story this week is it ended up in a very, very, very different position to where it was on Monday. Things moved fast this, this is week, what? but not so fast that it felt like it was... Jarring. Yeah, jarring or and not illogical. enough time given to her yeah. or anything like that. I'm like, it is very much evolved now and I'm really looking forward to seeing where it goes next week. This is why I don't understand... Some people are trying to say that Stephen's story is boring or something. It's not. There's, it is never. There's never. It doesn't feel like the status quo lasts very long with Stephen. It's always some kind of weird twist. Something happens unexpectedly. No, I've, the the main criticisms I've seen about the storyline are the improbability of the whole thing, well, and a lot of people um, don't don't have... get on with Todd Boyce's acting style. Well, well, I'm I'm sorry, but he's magnificent. <laughs> And she'll hear no other word about it. <laughs> no more questions. On Wednesday, Stephen tells Elaine he's going to wind down from work once they're back from the holiday. It, you know, this time next year, he's going to retire. He's going to jack it all in for love. And, oh God, she says, I've got this book of poetry I'm taking with me to the peaks. Oh yeah, he managed, and he looks through the book and he finds some particularly apt poems that perfectly sum up his situation. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember what any of them were. There once was a lady called Elaine, whose husband flushed her down the drain. There once was a lady called Elaine. She was an incredible pain. Oh yeah, that's better. Um, they went to the peaks. Um, it lasted all week. No, yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I and don't know. And then he pushed that's... her into a drain. There we go. Well done. That's still better than anything in that book, probably. <laughs> well, who was it? It was a famous... I, I just don't know. like poetry. Um, Elaine goes round to see the plaques before the holiday and they look... Oh, this is when they're going through all photos. I actually enjoyed this. This was really good. Wednesday was a great episode. Um, so they look at the photos and you've yes, got Yes, another there. Coronation Street child has a family history project, which is seems to be what all of the schools in... Well, the, the main schools in Weatherfield run is all of their homework projects. It's like, do a family tree. Do a, get so your own family photo. I don't know, do a family photo, tree. I don't know. family history. Make a volcano. Anyway, is it, so there, is so it Harry's turn now to do a family I don't hop? know, but you've got Gail there with Sally. 
And who else was there? Elaine. Um, oh, Sarah was there. Yeah. And they were all looking through the photos. And I really like this because um, Sally was like going, oh, look how nice, look how young we looked. And Gail was going, oh, that was the day that we were in the hospital. And Sally. Oh, yeah. They had a picture of Sally and Gail yeah. with David and Rosie, didn't they? As it was babies. really nice. It was good. And it was a really nice Corrie thing. And it was a logical thing that people do, too. Mm. You know, people do this. And you look at old pictures. I'd like to have seen some more photos. To they showed the same the picture pro- too many times. They should have it's had because, It's because... They've just got publicity photos, haven't they? They, they don't taken... have many family snaps. <laughs> they could have taken a screenshot of some action and gone, yeah, this was taken by that weird man that follows us around everywhere, <laughs> filming everything we do. He's still here, so keep it down. Okay, so um, Elaine's like, oh, can I see some pictures of Stephen when he was younger? Yes, you can, because they're all pictures of Stephen when he was younger. I was thinking that we might get a picture of actual Stephen Reed circa 1997, but, but no, we didn't. What, what we, we got, got was, was a kind of fairly clearly photoshopped photograph of him and Gabrielle standing. Yes. Was it them standing next to Niagara Falls or something? Yes, I don't it know. was, yeah, something like that. Yeah, and, um, and, a, and a youthed um, uh, Todd Boyce. Yeah, all right. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm just, uh, okay. I'm, yeah, I'm just passing back to you. So, um, smoothly done. Yeah, <laughs> so she freezes because she recognises this woman, Gabrielle, oh. but she doesn't know her as Gabrielle. It's the seagull lady. It's the seagull lady. Yeah. She caught a glimpse of when Stephen was talking to her on the laptop and quickly closed the laptop down. So she she obviously thinks she's got a great... Well, she does. She's got a great memory for faces. I wouldn't recognise her. Tell you what, she's gonna she's gonna freak when she sees. You remember that Duncan who's had Sally sent to prison when she sees his wife, who also bears an an uncanny resemblance she's to Gabrielle. She's gonna be like, "What the hell is going on here?" <laughs> Same actress. Elaine makes an excuse. She has to go to the co-op. Yes, she is that new name it's, drop. I do they ever name drop the co-op? I don't well, remember. There's a poem them. for you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, they're usually just going off to Fresco's or Debs, but yeah. Well, co-op got, they, they obviously don't like Argos being shown driven round all the place and they want more co-op action. Yeah, in so she says I've got to go before. Ooh, there's a classic Gemma Yawn coming out of nowhere. I did get up at, like, I went to bed at two and I got up at six, so I'm very tired, why, but I'm okay. Why'd you get up at six? Because I got my deadline, I had to do my oh, work. Yeah, yeah. So, um, she says I've got to go to the co-op before we leave and she goes off. Uh, as Stephen gets into the car and she's worked herself up here hasn't she she's she's gone from naught to a hundred really well maybe she's like at a 20 <laughs> but she's freaking out here she's terrified she's running down Victoria Street she's like Tibby Hendren in Birds and she bumps into Tim she's like it's happening again it's happening again Stephen's lying to me I can't go through this again not after Jeff and meanwhile Stephen's there going going to the peaks I'm going to push <laughs> yeah, him off he's just sitting in his car isn't he he's like he's sitting in the car and he's kind Listening of practicing a bit of Canadian music practicing his shove like, a bit of Alanis on the little bit of Avril Lavigne probably push her on the shoulders really hard or maybe on push her more on, on like the, the base of her or do back or you just trip her up and you might not leave push marks maybe turn it maybe she faces me and i push her from the to be honest front. to be honest you know knowing what elaine is like they could probably just go on a particularly high peak and a strong gust of wind would just Blow whisk away. her away and do the oh, job for her Stephen, <laughs> I, oh sorry i see my feel like i'm falling i'm so sorry <laughs> right so um she's freaking out and Stephen's waiting for her elaine and tim get back to the flat and 
the the flat that Stephen and Elaine share, and she starts piecing everything together. She's like, oh, she, he's been lying about Gabrielle. She he told me that she was controlling him. She's she's he's got all these secrets. He's got this seagull thing and and she was he said that she was part of that but i i don't know who she was and he's got this secret red box oh my god this was like this was amazing because this was like um bluebeard or something wasn't it like this bluebeard yeah what's that this the bluebeard story where there's a secret room in the house you know i've got no idea what you're talking about so the story is a french pirate story where this woman he had well this the bluebeard. He has all these brides, and there's always a room in that in this keep that they live in. Mm. And he's always like, "Don't go in that room." And every time one of them goes in the room, she discovers all the dead wives, and then gets killed and stuck mm. in the room. So the, yeah, this is her piecing everything but together. But it's also I loved it. I was like, "Oh, well, he's going to be caught already." I didn't go into this week expecting that Elaine no. was going to. No, uh, I didn't know this was coming. You know, be have but dumped, jumped in by the end. In a parallel to real life too. If you've been following, if you are into true crime like I am, you'd have seen the Long Island serial killer has been unmasked, perhaps, allegedly, supposedly. They've they found the guy that they think is the main suspect. Mm. And one of the rumours is that there was a room in the house that the wife wasn't allowed to go in. This is exactly the same uh, thing. Okay. And he's a serial killer and he's got a secret red box and she knows it's there. If you had a box and you were like, right, you can't go in this, it's a locked box. I'd be like, the hell I can't. Yeah, but do you ever look in my big red box? <laughs> yeah, I do. So I had to look for it. What was I looking for the other day? You told me to look in oh, it. I was looking, looking for your, from a this... DBS yeah. or something. Yeah. yeah. But it's no secret. No, but you don't tell me not to do it. You you could have any any number of secrets anywhere. And I wouldn't know because you didn't say, do not open this door. Yeah. As soon as you say, do not open this door, I'll open it. <laughs> anyway, so she's like, you can't go in the big red box. And Tim says... I will go in the big red box and he jimmies it open and they go through everything and they find a joint well, life they, insurance They policy. don't go through everything. No, just pick very up handily. The bit that's not very, very carefully hidden right on the top is the piece of paper that they need. Yeah. And they're like, what? Life insurance for a couple that have a house together? This doesn't make any sense. So... Because Elaine says that she doesn't know what this paper is, Tim believes that Stephen is clearly after Elaine for his for her money. And unfortunately, he is 100% right, which makes me mad. <laughs> she then gets a text from Stephen saying, I'm coming back to the flat because, you know, I thought we were going on holiday. She can't face him. Tim says, I'll protect you. She decides to sneak out quickly and she goes to number four through the conservatory. So she's out of the flat and le- leaves Tim there. And then Stephen gets home and finds Tim packing Elaine's stuff. And Tim immediately starts on Stephen. He's like, you're never going to see her again. You're never going to lay eyes on her again. We're on to you. We found the photo of Gabrielle and the insurance letter. And Stephen's like, Stephen immediately is like, this was Stephen's rant, wasn't it? I love this. This is a supremely camp rant. I love this. You have no idea who you're dealing with. You're a small, small man with mummy issues. Yeah, that's great. Oh, he that says, was. Oh, he also says height of entertainment. He says, Tim, you're basic. Oh yeah, he calls him basic. Brilliant. I was in. <laughs> I was shouting at the television. I was so thrilled. I was just in ecstasy at this scene. It was fantastic. I was like, kill Tim, kill Tim, kill Tim. He doesn't kill Tim, but they do have a scuffle, don't they? Stephen pushes Tim, and then... Well, Tim, 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 Tim goes go. up to him first, doesn't I he? I think, yeah, Tim starts it, yeah. and then they have a scuffle, and 
Stephen gets pushed into the incredibly convenient metal spiral staircase, which makes no sense for it to be in their flat. And um, he gets bonked on the head and he's holding his head. And I think, I can't remember if Tim sees blood. No, no, he doesn't. I don't think there's any blood in that scene. He leaves with Elaine's things and Stephen's there. And the next time we see him, Stephen's stumbling out of the flats. He's got blurry vision. He's got blood on his hands. He's got blood on his head. And he falls and collapses in the street. And all the time, me and you are just like, what is going on? So David finds him and calls an ambulance. Tim gets back and um, he's, he knows he's had a fight with, with Stephen, but he doesn't know anything else. Yeah, so Elaine's having conversations and they're like, I don't know what we're going to do now. Um, but oh. then we leave them to go to see Gail, Sarah and Sally at the Platts house talking about Audrey's upcoming birthday party. And this is quite funny yes, too. they because, don't know about Stephen yet. No, they don't know. And... Um, Wow. They were talking. It was funny because I can't remember who they were talking about whether you'd like a big fuss. Gail's like, you can't say Audrey wouldn't want a big fuss. Maybe she does want a big fuss. I'd like a big fuss for my birthday. <laughs> it must be a big birthday coming up then. For who? For Audrey. I thought she had a big birthday last year. Well, maybe she had that every birthday's a big year when you're yeah. old, isn't it? So they're going through more photos, and then David comes, phones up, and tells Gail that he's in the hospital with Stephen. So Sally goes to Tim and, and tells them that Stephen's in the hospital and they've got no idea, obviously, before now, what's happened and they both look shell-shocked and admit that, yeah, Tim did fight him and he pushed him against the wall and he banged his head and then he left him and then Elaine's like, oh, Tim, what have you done? And I'm like, yeah, Tim's in trouble now, that's right. <laughs> She's on the other foot. Um... I love I love watching Tim get in trouble. He's such an idiot. You just always know he's gonna be the hero. He's a in big the end, old though, buffoon. Don't you? So I know. You appreciate gonna... the scenes when this he's re- this just is such too. a repeat of when bloody Anna Windass took down Pat Phelan, and it was just so frustrating because I didn't like her at all. I know. Right. So, so... <laughs> but okay. we still know when that scene when Anna gets sent to prison <laughs> yeah. and Pat's going Ah, Annie attacked. Yeah, that's right. Like yeah, and she's looking. He's looking down. You're doing and wrong she's, in prison. She's walking oh. down the stairs and we're supposed to be like, oh my god, poor Anna. We're like, ha, Anna, get to prison. So yeah, You're what annoying. were we supposed to be thinking? Were we supposed to be on Tim's side there? Because I just don't know. I think that Curry, I think that Curry is wanting us to to be on Stephen's side because this story is from Stephen's it point is, of view, it is, isn't yeah. it? Yes, Elaine and Tim and, and the others are important characters, but this is this is Stephen's story from his point of view. So naturally, you're gonna you kind of want to side with him, and it, well, especially because it's so farcical and silly. <laughs> yeah, but Tim's a very popular character, isn't he? Yeah, he is. So I guess that's why it works here, that you've got this this villain who they kind of want you to champion a little bit. And there's every the man who's like, and, and, you know, and popular brave Tim and... is like, Who, whose side do I take? They've, they've, yeah, they've picked two good characters for this. Right, so Sarah and Gail are over at the hospital and, and David says Stephen's in surgery because he might have a bleed on the brain. And they're like, what's happened? He was outside. Was he mugged? And there was a really funny bit. Sarah Lee was so camp. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you made me rewind yeah. the What was it she said? She just said, she just said maybe it was mugged, but she kind of put her, fit, her hands on her hip and pursed her lips. Like she, she's does, been, she does a pout. She does, maybe she's been mugged. <laughs> she just looks like she'd been possessed by the spirit of Ina Sharples for a minute there. If, you, if you're bored go one back, day, watch go back that. And watch that scene. That just was watch just Sarah Louise's lip movements. That very small clip was just brilliant. It should oh. take a 
do a Love your Tina bit. Oh yeah, I love. I love all of this. I think this is great. So. They're all worried and they don't know what's happened and they can't work it out. So Gail phones up Elaine because she's like, well, we need her here because she's the fiance. And they don't know what's happened between Stephen and Elaine yet, do they? Only the only Elaine and Tim mm. and, Sa- and Sally know. Yeah. So Elaine's back at the at the Metcalf going, oh, I can't answer the phone, oh my God. And gets a girl texting going, call me, call me. And then um, he's, he's in hospital, he's having surgery. And Tim says, oh, I told you, it wasn't my fault. It just shoved him and he lost his balance. And Elaine immediately sides with with Tim. Yeah, she she's, well, she knows that Stephen's been a wrong one and she's she's going to, yeah, she's going to support him rather than her fiancé. Well, well, yeah, she's going to side with her son anyway, she, surely. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, then we get Detective Craig Tinker wearing his suit. Oh he's on the case. <laughs> he's on the clock. He's on the job. He's got a notepad and he's, got, and he's eager to learn. I'm, I'm finding him kind of entertaining. I'm thinking that surely, surely he's being written as being fairly incompetent. Nobody's watching that thinking, God, he makes a great detective. Are they? I don't know. I can't think that <laughs> they do. And it's just him and his nodding friend, isn't it? They're turning up. Some piece dear, dear, DC silent. DC no talk is there because, you know, Craig's got this, everybody. He's the. He's been doing this job the for three and a half weeks the, now. The Weatherfield Police Force. So he's, he's taking the lead on the questionnaire. Questionnaire. Doesn't here. somebody? I, maybe it was this story. I'm sure it was where somebody says, "Aren't, aren't you supposed to get your notebook out now, Craig?" And he's so like, oh, I yeah. remember everything <laughs> in my head. There's loads of space in there. It's completely empty otherwise. <laughs> so um, he gets some information about the assault from the hospital, and he starts questioning David about finding. Oh Stephen, yeah, it was David that tells notes. him to get his notebook out, isn't it? Yeah. So later on, Craig turns up at number four. Because they've investigated. Now, they've got a crack team on the case here because this is probably the first time they've ever actually looked at CCTV unprompted on this show. <laughs> they've seen CCTV of Tim leaving the flat right before Stephen collapsed. And Tim immediately goes, oh, but I didn't really, I didn't really mean it. I only shoved him a little bit. He only bashed his head once. And so Craig's got no choice but to arrest him on suspicion of GBH. Grievous bodily harm. So on Friday, Tim's Tim's been in the police station all night and so is Sally because she's asleep and she's dreaming of... What's she dreaming of? She said something. Oh, Sally. I don't know. I didn't pay any attention to it. So she, she goes home with him. And again, she seems weirdly pleased to see him. I'd be furious. Also, I wouldn't spend the night there. I can get bent. <laughs> I'll go home. It's around the corner, Gail. Right, so I'll remember that next time. Why I'm... would you sit in the foyer of a police station... No, maybe they brought around the cups of tea and biscuits. I don't think they do that. Right, so Gail's there and all... If you're Sally, you probably want to be listening in to all the criminals that are going on and kind of looking down your nose at all the crims that get brought in overnight. Don't usually have the opportunity to to look down on so many people at once. Yeah, exactly. Gail, Sarah and Audrey at the hospital with Stephen later, and he's still unconscious, but turns out the procedure went well. And Audrey is aghast to hear that Tim's been released... Because she's heard about the CCTV footage and that's all the evidence she needs to know that this horrible oaf of a man is the one that battered her poor, dear, best favourite relative, child, offspring. So she goes to number four and she wants to tear a strip off of Tim. She tells him he should be banged up and Tim says, actually, it's your son who should be in prison. And this is where... It, this whole thing was just so interesting. It's, it was fascinating to see. And you're, I'm sitting, sitting here the whole time going... They, this can't be 
what brings Stephen down. This is not how this story ends. It doesn't end no. with Tim finding a bit of paper in a red box. No. It feels how like it's too early get... for this to be the end, but... Well, it's also nothing to do with any of the... Cro- you know, it's got to be something murdery that he's he's going to be caught in the act or something. He's going to he's gonna be unmasked as a killer. He can't be unmasked as a fraudster. That's boring. Oh, yeah, exactly. So... so all the way through, I'm thinking, how is Tim, how is Stephen going to get around this? This is this is a bit tricky, isn't it? Because cause now Tim's telling Audrey, I've got this life insurance policy here, and um, Elaine doesn't doesn't sign it. It wasn't her signature. He's taking this out in in her name, and he's he plans to kill her. And Audrey's like, that is stupid. It's your joint life insurance policy. Maybe it's actually. Um, you two planning this. Maybe you are the one that made this policy and Tim is the oh, one that's yeah. trying to kill Stephen to get hold of Yeah, so get Elaine can get all the money. I mean, on the basis of the evidence so far that Audrey knows, if that makes more sense... If Stephen hadn't cancelled this life insurance policy at the end of the episode, I was kind of thinking, well, maybe eventually this is where it all ends up and Stephen ends up dying, as is, you know, the tradition for Coronation yeah. Street serial killers, and Elaine gets to retire with a million pounds under her That belt. would be really funny. <laughs> But, um, no, no. he cancelled it. No, Canceled silly to think of head to, to ironic irony, did he? No. So, um, she she's having none of it, and she she goes off in a huff. She goes back to the hospital and she tells Gail all about this, and Gail's like, "That doesn't make any sense. Why would why would Elaine and Tim try to kill Stephen? That's silly." So Stephen, then he's in his hospital bed. He immediately starts stirring and waking up, and Audrey jumps as like. What happened, Stephen? Can you remember? Can you remember? And we don't get to see what he says. No. So, next thing we know, Craig and DC say nothing, arrive at number four, and they tell Tim and Sally that Stephen has woken up and he has told them he slipped. <gasps> it wasn't Tim after all, so they're dropping yeah. the investigation. And Elaine's like, what the hell? This makes no sense. She's completely so- confused. Tim has told Craigie that he shoved Stephen, yeah. didn't he? But Stephen's claiming that the accident was unrelated to that and yeah. he just slipped over. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So Elaine's like, this makes no sense. I'm going to go and see him and find out what he's playing at because I don't trust him and this feels like another play to me. So Sally goes around to see Audrey and Gail and Audrey's a bit embarrassed because she's flinging around accusations. And Sally and Gail have a hug and they're just glad that they're not having to argue anymore because yeah. they're busy, busy friends. But Sally is still, and I think this came a little bit later in the episode, she's upset that she's lying to Gail because yeah. she knows that the the shove between Tim and Stephen was, was more, more serious. serious than maybe Tim said that it was when he was singing Like a Canary. It's almost but... certain that Sally was twigged that... That, that it wasn't actually a, a slip. Yeah, yeah. She she knows that... She knows that he was shoved. Yeah. And ended up in hospital. So Steve, Elaine marches to the hospital to see Stephen and she demands to know why he let Tim off the hook. And this is where we get Stephen, like, lying for his life, isn't he? He's trying to think quickly 
about how to how to what to say. He knows that there must be something he can say. Yeah, he's kind of deflects and puts off certain questions while yeah. he's thinking about a good answer for it, and he gets there. In I the love end. how good he is at lying and making stuff up. He says, "Look." I didn't want him to go to jail. I didn't want us to split up. I love you. And she's like, no, no, it's, you're delusional. What about, what's going on with this life insurance policy? Why is my signature on it? I never signed this. He's stalling for time. And he's like, why are you asking me all these questions? I just saved Tim's bacon. And then he tries to sell her. You did sign this bit of paper. There was loads of stuff. We had to sign loads of things when we were moving house. We signed this and we're getting married soon anyway. Yeah, so he's gaslighting her now, isn't he? And and she says, no way. We're not getting married, Buster. And also, just to remind you, this Gabrielle woman, she's your wife. Why were you, why were you talking to her and saying she was from Seagull? Is she in on all of this? Yeah, and Stephen's like... Oh yeah, now you come to mention it, Gabrielle and Claire do look like, like they're alike, same little bone structure. <laughs> I want it, I, I do find it slightly far-fetched that Elaine is so sure that from a photo of this couple, you know, 10 years ago, she remembers and can tell it's the same lady that she saw for like yeah, a she, second. Yeah, she saw her for a fraction of a second, didn't she? It but we, like we, we have to believe that yeah, she fine, saw her enough fine. to to recognise her, but she she now she's she knows that there's a bit of a doubt. There's a there's a tiny crack here that yeah. he can he can prise open because she didn't really get a good glimpse, and it was an old photo. Mm. So um, he's like, yeah, she looks a bit like Claire, I suppose. And she's like, no, 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 you, you're you're taking advantage of me you're lying and he says I'd be saying if I was her right you set up another meeting with her I want to sit in on it she can show me her ID or something yeah get get Claire on the phone then but the thing is that can't happen now can it because she decides that she's just gonna well hang on hang on she he says you signed this document you you signed this joint life certificate I have done nothing but look out for you and him their family and he also points out you know um I could have died. I'm the one who's nearly died here, not you. Hmm. Why? You're the one that stands to benefit more from this. When you when you collapsed the other day, um, that was after you'd already signed it. I, I kind of lost track of what was going on. Well, was they it? were both just talking about the fact that they're getting on a bit and Stephen was basically turning it around on her and saying to her, I'm the one who nearly died, not you. You were fine. I so, thought he was saying that um, you collapsed and then you signed it. Oh, I don't was remember. Is it the other now. way around? I don't remember now. Whatever it is, like it could well be. It was that plausible. That's... It was totally plausible. If they and look at said... Elaine says, if I compare dates, will I find out that oh, that no, matches? You're right because he says to her that you were woozy from collapsing, and that's why you probably don't remember mm. that you signed it. But honestly, if I was him, I'd say you have to have life insurance to have a house. I don't think this is true. If you don't, if you don't have a mortgage, I don't think you need to have life insurance. But he, you know, we're getting married. We're a couple, and we live in a house together. Of course, we need life insurance. Like I don't understand why this is. Like honestly, he could have just said to her, as part of his nefarious, cunning, and evil plan, should we get life insurance? 
And she probably would have signed a document to, to say that there was life insurance. Yeah, probably. What is so weird and sinister about a couple that live in a house together having life insurance? Good point. Most everybody who has, owns a property or is buying a property has insurance on mm. each other. We're all out to kill the other person. We've all got <laughs> stacks of suicide notes knocking about the house. <laughs> so anyway, um, he's saying... I'm looking, trying to look out for you. I'm trying to look out for Tim. You're treating me badly. I want you. I want to get back with you. And she looks agonised for a minute, and she's starting to really doubt herself. But she says, um, "I, I just can't trust you anymore." And she leaves. She goes back to number four, and she tells Tim that she, she, uh, she's like, oh, "Look, I can't say if I did sign it or not anymore. But either way, I'm not going. I'm not staying with this man. I don't trust him anymore. He's out of my life for good." And Sally comes in, and this is when she brings up the fact that she's had to lie about to Sally, sorry to to Gail about him, and she doesn't like it. Last bit we see of this story is Stephen cancelling his insurance policy, and this feels like the end of a chapter of Stephen's life, doesn't mm. it? Stephen looks like he's given up on killing Elaine now. He's not going to benefit from it. If if Elaine dies in the near future now fingers are going to be pointing right at him he can't do that he's got to move on yeah she also at one point when she says that she collapsed and she's like oh why and why did i collapse Stephen?" and he's like well because you got you got low or high blood pressure and that never she never like teases that or follows that thread anywhere but she was for a second thinking that mm. he had something to do with that as well yeah, yeah. so you know I, I, I'm not sure what's going to happen now, but I, I think it's going to involve Jenny. I know. Now he's... That's, that's just been dangling there for so long. It's It's been, you know, almost a year now since he snogged Jenny. And every month or so, we're kind of reminded that he still fancies her a bit, aren't we? But nothing has ever really taken huge leaps forward there. Mm. I mean, she's now going out with Owen. It's funny, like... He's just, we've just, he's decided now that maybe he can't kill Elaine, it wouldn't be wise, but it's funny how immediately we jump to, also, who's he going to kill next? Like, he doesn't have to kill somebody, <laughs> I didn't but us as viewers of no, the no, 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 no. and he's a serial killer, no, no, like, well, no, no, of course no. he needs to kill somebody. No, 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 I'm not saying he's going to kill Jenny. No, no, I know, but he, but we're still thinking, okay, well, Elaine's safe, who's the next one with a target on their back? Is it Owen, Yawn, is it... If um, it's, Gabrielle is it? It depends on how much Tim is a dog with a bone f- about this. Is Tim gonna let this drop and let his mum just stay away from Stephen, or is he gonna go out of mm. his way to try to get him out of Weatherfield? Or yeah, is he gonna try to uncover something? Also, what's gonna happen to the flat and where is Stephen gonna live? Yeah, that's a good point. It is Elaine's flat, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. She bought it completely with her money. So, I mean, she, I mean, he, he can go back to Grasmere Drive, can't he? I, I assume. But they've made this set. That's the other thing. This can't be the end of that set because this set is a very elaborate set. Mm. A very, it probably costs quite a lot of money. I can't see... I can't... But is, is Elaine going to... Because we know what she's like. She's very weak-willed. Could she still take him back? I, I hope not. No. Because I, I really like, I was like, go Elaine, even though I'm obviously on Stephen's side for this. I loved how she stood up to him and, you know, grew a pair a little bit after yeah. just being a little mouse for so long and telling him some some truths and, and cutting ties with him. I thought that was a brilliant character moment for her. Yeah, it was. I, do, I love how she is, you know, these suspicions have been building very nicely over the past two or three weeks, haven't they? And now it's all come to this. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. And it's funny... I- 
Yeah, sorry. And, you know, Audrey's got Stephen... Uh, Stephen's got Audrey on his side. Um, and then it's going to be Tim versus Elaine. But, yeah, we have... No, Tim and Elaine. Tim, Tim versus... and Elaine, sorry, versus Stephen. But, yeah, depend. Yeah, like you said, is, is what's Tim going to do with this bone? The other funny thing that I really like this about this is the way that... Audrey and Gail are falling into another serial killer's trap and being... Well, no, Audrey was never... They're going to feel so stupid. So this is now going to be the second time that Gail's was duped by a serial killer and took their side. And the last time Audrey was gaslit into thinking that she was going crazy or they tried... Richard Hillman tried to make her think... Everyone thinks she was going senile. And she's now being convinced by another serial killer that another woman has got um, a mm. mental um, health issue. Yeah. And she's fallen for it. Well, you know, she's 20 years older now, isn't she? Well, not... of course. Why would you not? And this is, you know, this is your yeah, son you'd talking about. absolutely take Stephen's side. <sighs> I just love the plots. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love this storyline. I think it's great. I, I don't know what's going to happen next. No, I've I got no idea. And that's what I really love about this. It is in no way formulaic. No. It's not like, well, obviously now this is going to happen, this yeah. is going to happen. I've not seen any spoilers or previews no, or anything. I don't want to know I anything. Have got, I've got no idea. I love it. But I, I would hope that this is the time when it moves on to Jenny because... She's going to be... If she gets involved I, I, in If this, she gets involved in this storyline... magnificent. Line. Yeah. And also, Tim is basic. <laughs> Great great stuff for this this week this is this has been the best week of this storyline for a long time oh, right let's get on to the carting miss courtney storyline so we've been oh, wanting dear. a we've been wanting an rd story for a long time you know ever since adam um took over the role when was it three years ago now i'm gonna say maybe two three years since he's been rd and he's oh, been this okay. kind of lovable doofus adam hussein yeah. like how is adam no not that adam adam hussein He's been this kind of lovable doofus as a character, a little bit useless. Um, they... Evelyn has been getting the better of him, you know, every moment she can at the shop. Remember when, like, he was doing her performance management the other year? Yeah, he's, yeah, he's proven himself since... to not really be that brilliant a businessman. No. Well, clearly things have changed since then because he's so good that he can get hired for a job after having one brief dinner meeting with somebody. Well, um... Ardy's definitely gone off the boil since the Allahan's car crash of terror. Oh yeah, for sure. But I, I this... still really love the character. Mm-hmm. I'm just somewhat wary of this story, but I'm, I'm not keen on. I'm this giving story it. I'm giving all. it a go because it's an Allahan story. Because it's Ardy, feels a little bit different, even though it's yet another secret affair story. I don't know. So let's let's remind ourselves of what happened. Amy is starting work at the shop on Monday um, because obviously this job is um, not good enough for Gemma to take even though she's in dire financial straits. Dev is making quite heavy insinuations from what he can see that um, our friend Adam here, which of course I mean Ardy, is flirting with her. Later on, Ardy has um, beaten some business guy called Darren at golf. So, oh yeah, this reminds... I, Dev was talking about this Darren bloke and I wasn't taking any notice about what he was saying because it was all just blah, 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 business Golf. figures, financial yeah. meetings kind of thing. And then it turned out that it was actually quite important. So if you were on the same space as uh, me, what what it is, is that Darren is this big name in off-licenses, right? Okay. And he's buying up some smaller Freshgoes outlets 
in order to turn them into off-licenses, and Dev is interested in expanding the Alahan Empire again, and he wants to get in on this. So he has this meeting with Darren at lunchtime on Monday, brings Hardy along as well, in the hope that he can um, tempt him into inviting him to join him in this in this endeavour that he's undertaking. Well, hopefully Darren's smart enough to realise the last time Dev had a uh, chain of shops, they all got firebombed by a crazy lawyer. Shh, don't mention that. Mm. So, um, yeah, Ardy, they go out for this game of golf. Of course we don't see it because we never do. Ardy's beaten him, but he was like, I was, I was trying to... I was trying to let him I was, I was easing off I a little bit. I am a golf bit, prodigy, I can't though. do so. I've only so much character. that I can do. I like I've, how they still keep that about him. I do like the fact that, you know, when he was little, he was a, a golf yeah. prodigy. And, but uh, Deb's saying to him, look, you, you don't want to beat him too much because he, we need him on our side. I'll tell you so, what I don't like what? about this. The fact that I've seen this child grow into a man. The fact no. that I've watched Coronation Street long enough to remember when he was a tiny little kid. I remember when he was born and all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, I don't like that at all. It's not, <laughs> Just, I don't think that's right. Um, so they have they have this meeting in the bistro and Darren says, right, I'm, I'm looking for investment partners here and Dev's interested. What about me? And 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 Darren says, well, you got the cash and Dev's like, well, you know, I'd have to, I'd have to look around. I'd have to, and Dev, Darren's what, what like straight away, no, no, not, not interested. If you haven't got the, you haven't got the capital, sorry. I, I'm, yeah, I don't I'm need got, you. I don't need you. I don't want to hang around waiting for you. Yeah. But what I do need is a general dog's body to do various menial tasks for me. Like mostly which consists of taking my wife around in my swanky car. How about you, Ardy? You've shown an awful lot of gumption and business nous throughout the you know, five minutes that I seem to know you. And do you want do you want a job? And I just like, yes, please. So last week, I mean this happened fairly fast, didn't it? But we did have those scenes last week, at least, where Ardy was pricing up the beans wrong and he was saying, I'm wasting my life in this shop. So, yes, maybe he might accept the job, but I would say, be wary, make sure you know what you're, you're signing up for, Ardy. Um, so in the pub later, Dev says, like, tomorrow's going to be make or break for you, Ardy. First day on the job, you do a good job. I can remortgage everything. We can have the cash. We can invest in this fresh goes off license deal. It's going to be worth it, Ardy. You just need to keep Darren sweet. Don't go shagging his wife or anything because people don't usually like that. Wednesday, Ardy starts off the day all suited and booted. He's all done up, all, all done up posh for his first day on the new job. Um, and Amy's there inviting him for a gala that the shoulder volunteers, this counselling service that she works with, are doing. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll go along to that. He doesn't. Um, so Shoulder volunteers also sounds like a company that um, in the 80s loaned women power suits with yeah. um, shoulder pads in them to intimidate Intimidate as men folk. Yeah. yeah. You know how everyone was scared of Margaret Thatcher because of her amazing shoulders? That's it, yeah. Yeah. She, that's <laughs> the only reason she got the job. So we see Ardy later driving around in this really swish red car and um, with, with Darren in the side. So he's been trusted to drive this thing already. And um, Darren gets out. They park it outside the garage or something. Uh, Darren goes off. Ardy saying to Dev, I've been a bit of a boring day, really. I wanted to do business stuff, but mm. I've just been driving people around and doing general menial tasks. Darren's barely even mentioned this Freshgo's deal, so I've not been able to put a good word in for you, I'm afraid. So Ardy and Darren go to the bistro later, and um, Ardy tries to bring up the Freshgo deal into conversation. Darren's like, oh yeah, yeah, the next few days we'll talk about it. It's clearly, he's clearly got his finger in so many pies that this particular 
branch of it is, um, you know, so insignificant. Um, he also asked Lardy at this point to give his wife a lift later. Business so, deal, business deal. You know, Miss Mrs. I can't remember what Darren's surname's supposed to be, but loads of cash. Co- Courtney, loads of cash mm-hmm. is there. Clearly it's having like just money bags. Yeah, <laughs> clearly having just done a morning shopping at the precinct. She which loves is, it. She loves the precinct. She's just you she's just tell. a basic girl in touch with the roots. She likes a kebab. She likes shopping I at the precinct. This. I hate this so much. <laughs> Whenever they want to, they like to to sort of make a girl seem interesting or outgoing. They always have her eat some outlandish. Like I know I look thin, but I am gonna eat a kebab because I love them. And I'm like, yes, humans like kebabs. When you're not special because you're a lady that eats kebabs. Yeah, but the thing is that Darren doesn't let her, does she? Does he? He's got her on this diet to keep her young and thin and beautiful, but she she just likes a, a sneaky kebabs kebab every now and then. Kebabs are very aging. Yeah, what needs to happen is she needs to find fellow kebab lover Gemma and then give her a load of money. And yeah. then that's that problem solved. They can both sit in... Gemma can drive her around all day and they can eat kebabs in the car together. Yeah, it'd be brilliant. Um, anyway, so... Um, Aldi meets up with, with this Courtney and um, she's she's a... Uh, she's a piece of work, this she's woman, isn't she? She's a minxy little... She is a minxy, tarty... Doll, dressed up like a dog's dinner. She's like... Um, all right. She's She's got... Covered in slap... She's got these big pouty lips. She's got her okay. hair pulled back. No, I'm not criticising the actress's appearance. Okay. I'm saying that okay. they've made a good job of costuming her right. like some dolly bird that's clearly just arm candy. She even mentions that herself in today's episode, doesn't she? She's got many assets. She's got some and you can couple see all of, of big assets, yeah. Plunging neckline. And she's there just being all sexy in the car. And um, and she, she, yeah, she says to Ardy, right, I... Take me home, but I want a kebab on the way. So he takes her off to Prima Donna and saying, oh yeah, I know the person who runs this. He (laughs) he obviously doesn't want to admit that he is associated with it because... I don't don't know why. Well, no, because he doesn't... He's doing business with this, you know, this big business mogul and he doesn't want him knowing that he's involved in... Are you kidding? That doesn't make any sense. A tacky kebab shop. I don't know. You think an off-licence has got more cultural cachet than a... (laughs) <laughs> yeah a kebab shop <laughs> anyway I don't know what it was they share some chips together don't they and they're kind of um, she's feeding him she's like going oh, oh I love a dirty kebab me look at it I'll have to get all the sauce all over my chin yeah I love, I love everything dirty I like it dribbling down my face down my cleavage oh I need a napkin to wipe this up she's another disgusting she, trollop was she another liver puddly yeah, lady as well I'm surprised you didn't bring this up already doing a voice because I know how much you love yeah, to a, do that. What What is it with, you know, we got her this okay. week. A couple of weeks ago we had Cassandra. It's almost bring, like... Bringing the, the, the city of Liverpool into disrepute. I can't. Coronation Street. Come can't on. allow it. So anyway, Ardy gets back home after a hard day's driving and chip eating to tell Dev all about what he's been up to and he's just like not really impressed that his main task involves shuttling Courtney from place to place. Um, Why can't she drive herself? Is she just drunk all the time or something? No, she doesn't. You know, these ladies just want people to wait on them hand at first. She does, these... She's not got herself involved in the, with, with this Darren to go driving herself around. She is literally the arm candy. <sighs> she is served wherever she goes. Do I... If I had known, I could have done... If I could have looked like Courtney, I could have get driven around everywhere. 
I need kebabs whenever I want. Actually, I'd get that already. And I don't have to... Yeah, I drive up. you around all over the place. Yeah, it's You great. don't drive yourself places. I don't have a car. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so we also got a little bit where Asher says that Amy's mad that Ardy didn't get a chance to go to the gala, but that didn't really go, go anywhere. The shoulder but, gala. Yes. But we do get a text from Courtney, or Ardy gets one, saying, thanks for the kebab, it'll be our little secret, XXX. Mm-hmm. So this is the beginning of the... The secret love affair. It all started with uh, a, with love a sneaky kebab. Snog affair. Well, we don't Grooming. Is, is that what you're calling it? Yeah. Well, so what happens on Friday is that Dev's got, got his breakfast sorted for Ardy. He's well proud of him doing this job. He wants him to be... He's made in, him smoke in, salmon. On bon form for his... Bottom um, form? No, on bon form. Oh. It's French. On top form. Being cultural. For, um, for this business... Um, malarkey that he's going to be up to today um Ardy's still fed up for being a dog's body so Darren and Ardy are in the bistro later Ardy tries to bring up this fresh goes project I just want to say one thing this kid is so entitled Ardy's so entitled it's just his first job that he's got for who from someone who isn't his dad I know right he's been doing it for what a day and he's all and he's shirty because he hasn't been given the CEO's position exactly yeah I know what you mean totally entitled most people his age you know stacking shelves or doing doing or waiting tasks, tables which is what he's doing now plates. starting off at the bottom because he's not got qualifications for business is he I don't know. I, I can't, can't remember. remember. I don't think he he's got he's much. He's not got a degree. No, exactly. I don't know what he's expecting to achieve, you know, at well, this, yeah, in one Baldwin day. didn't have a degree. Well, neither did Darren. But I'm not saying you need, I'm not saying you need a degree, but I'm saying if you don't have a degree, you don't go into a job immediately on the second day going, no, all that, all that crap, I'm not doing that, any of that nonsense. Yeah, so I want to be partners want, with you. Yeah, we're, we're all equals, yeah. Darren, me and you. <laughs> I know. Um, well, but he doesn't want to be a dog's buddy. He wants to talk about business. Yeah, so he tries to bring up this fresh goes deal, but it doesn't really get very far because Courtney comes in and she has a big old snog with uh, with Darren, sits down next to him. Turns out that Darren wants Ardy to take care of his wife again today, um, by which he means drive her around the shops. Doesn't she have any friends? No. Okay. She probably doesn't. She's so obnoxious. She seems like the sort of person who'd want to be friends with her. Although maybe have... maybe similarly obnoxious women like hanging around each other and cadging off each other's other halves. She needs a friend. She needs a, a cloud of tiny dogs or like a gaggle of kids. Oh no, she would never want a kid. I don't think. That's how you secure your, um, your dynasty your with, with yeah. Darren. Yeah. Once, you, once he dumps you, you need to get that cash coming mm. in somehow. That's why you get your kids... So Courtney's flirting all over the place. They're barely out of the bistro when Courtney's batting her eyelashes at him. Uh, She's got a lot of them to bat as well. They they head over to the precinct again, her favourite spot, and she buys him a milkshake. And he's like, oh, you're just making me feel like a kid. Um, But she's still flirting around with him. Um, they go to Darren's office and um, court. I kind of missed what what happened here. They're talking. I think they're talking about the fresh go thing, or it might have been another deal. I I don't know. No, hang on. This was us. This was us working, uh, being shown that Courtney isn't um, just a, a brainless bimbo. She's got an MBA in business, and she was originally hired 
to be Darren's assistant. Yeah, that's right. But she seduced him and now she's the girlfriend and she seems to be somewhat bored, which is why she's she's um dallying with, with Ardy. Yeah. But she's intrigued when he starts to talk to her about the fresh ghost thing and realises that he actually has some ideas of business and she wants to help him out because I think she thinks then he's going to owe her a favour. So she says that she's going to help him bring up this fresh ghost stuff, right? Oh, I missed that. I'm pretty Thank sure you. that she kind of helps him to to get an in to, to start to talk, to, to have Darren take him a bit more seriously. Oh, okay. Thank you. That's for what it. I think happened. Maybe. Oh, it doesn't matter. But basically, by the end of the scene, Darren has said to, right, maybe we could have a meeting set up with Dev if he's interested and if he thinks that if he's he got might money. be able to yeah, get Yeah, Ardy says I've, he might actually be able to invest in this with money, yeah. not just ideas. So Darren, Ardy, Dev ideas. meet up in the Rovers later. Courtney arrives a little bit late as well and Ardy does a gulp. He didn't know that she when, was going to be there as yeah, well. Yeah, when he sees what she's looking like. The, the men all talk business and Ardy impresses him with his knowledge of convenience stores and how parcel <laughs> drop-off ones are, are great for convincing people to shop there while they're getting their parcels. Do you know what my favourite kind of parcel to get at a convenience store is? What? An, an Argos one. Oh yeah, love because Argos. Because although Argos does have an incredible number of convenient one-hour <laughs> slots throughout the day, sometimes I'm not home. And when I'm coming home from work it would be incredibly convenient for me to be able to collect my parcel from a convenient store where yeah. I can also do my shopping for the evening <laughs> as well. Sponsored by? Argos. <laughs> um, anyway. No, we're not getting money for that, but it would be nice if we did. Also, I don't know if you can get Argos I don't know if you can, probably not. I don't, I don't know. Anyway, um, so it's this all going this was, great. This Deb's, was another Deb. hilarious moment where somebody says something incredibly basic about business and everyone's like, I never God, thought of that. What, a corner shop that does parcels? I I just find it somewhat unconvincing that RD, who, again, maybe it's like the Toya and Spider thing, the fact that we've not seen very much of this character for ages, we don't know... Is he actually he really, really good at this? business? I don't know. But that Darren liked him enough after playing a round of golf with him and having lunch with him to hire him as his, you know, right hand man. Now he's saying that he's brilliant with his ideas and uh, uh, of this. So that I, it, it feels odd that Ardy is quite this competent. Ardy's ambitious. We've been, we've been told that, and we've seen it. He, I don't think he cares about corner shops and kebabs. But he cares about money and he wants to be successful and it, and he knows the business of corner shops and he also is smart enough to, to work out, like I said, incredibly basic things about the future of these sort of shops and why Darren doesn't know this, I don't know, but I don't feel this is really out of character, but you're right, it would have been nice to have seen a bit more of Ardy before he just bolts out of the blue to start yeah, rubbing himself all over someone else's. Winner. Wife, I, I, do you think that he's going to end up growing into a ruthless businessman? I'd actually like really like that. Type. I don't know whether I would. I like kind of cheeky, innocent Ardy. It is really interesting because I've never really thought about Ardy's future other than him working for his dad. But um, rival shops would be quite fun. I mean, he he pledged revenge on his dad and he forgot about it. Yeah, he even brings up the car crash. Mm. 
and uh, doesn't doesn't mention the fact that his dad left him to die. And I, I think he he may well go the and ruthless was... route, but then fall flat on his face and yeah. have to go grovelling back to Dev because I, I I don't it doesn't sit right with me the idea that he might well do one over on Dev and it's not you know seeming to lead that way at the no, moment. He's so. fighting for Dev. Yeah, but yeah, I I, I think that. I still want him to be likable character. Yeah, yeah. At least I, I thought it was funny that Ash had the goal to complain that Dev made Ardy a nice breakfast when she was the only one that got rescued out of a car. Yeah. So I think he deserves a breakfast. <laughs> um. Anyway, so Ardy has to leave this meeting early on because he's been. Oh no, Darren goes, doesn't he? That's right. Uh, Darren Ardy then has to leave Dev later because he's been messaged. Um. He's been summoned to Darren's office. But once he gets there, there's only slinky, sexy Courtney there who's draped herself all over the desk, um, Toya Battersby style, with a... With a Not quite Toya Battersby style. Well, she, she, does, quite imagine... she does like a desk bonk. Okay. Doesn't she? And so she's got there's... her legs showing up to her... There's a bit of a difference in um, presentation style. Yes, yes, there is. Yeah, there's no Victorian floral blouses (laughs) on display here. There's no like rickety old desk of justice. No, and the smell of desperation in the air. No, it's um, it's every everything's very slick. We we get to hear a little bit about the couple's history here, Courtney and Darren, and the fact that he's strayed twice. I can't believe clearly still. Well, yeah, no. clearly still holds a grudge against the, against him for this. She like kicks off her shoes, and it's it is very like basic instinct, wasn't it? Well, there's that well, kind of, yeah. And, and Pulp Fiction is the film well, that, um, that Hardy brings up. What yeah, is it? Abs- yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, graduate. Graduate. Yeah, that's I've never right. seen it. No, I don't, I, we it know doesn't of it. appeal to me, but I don't think you need and to. And she's like, she comes, goes over to him, and uh, and pushes up her boobs, and's like, "Hey, do you have a girlfriend, Daddy?" And she oh, goes up man. to him, runs her hand down his chest, like cradles oh, his neck, cringy, and then gives him a big old snoggeroo, yeah. and that's that's the end of that. Brilliant. But yeah, Ardy, like he can't believe his luck this week. I don't think he's into it. I, this is the thing. Like, what do you think happened next? Do you think that they? Do you think that they? Was it just a I... snog, or is it snog and the sex? Ardy has not shown interest in this woman. She's been throwing herself at him all week, and he's been complaining that he doesn't want to drive her around and drink milkshakes. Most teenage boys, if they saw this woman and somebody said, "I'm paying you to spend time with this woman all day long and drive her around in a really nice big car, and she's flirting with you and drinking your milkshake." Most boys would go, bloody brilliant. I can't believe I'll pay you. You don't need to pay me. Yeah. Ardy's been going, but I've got a, but I've got a business plan for fresh goes and how to expand the off license trade. You know, he's he's not. He, he seemed quite intimidated and a bit scared, and he didn't like it when she turned up at the at the meeting. I think he's a bit intimidated by her. She's I think he is, but I think him. if she's seen shown him a good time on the desk there, I think he might come round this to the idea just because grim. we've we've seen over the years that he is very very inexperienced <laughs> in the ways of women. Right. He was made being made fun of when Asher was going out with um what was his name Max Evans, what was that character's name? Nasty... Gunter. Nasty kicker of Seb. Corey? Corey. Is it Corey? Cody? Corey. Uh, was it Corey? Corey's the character's name. Okay, yeah, no, I forgot, okay. Um, yeah, so so he, he he didn't have a girlfriend there. People were making fun of him for, um, yeah, for still being a virgin. He's dated 
um, R. Kelly for, mm. you know, the best part of, what, three weeks maybe? And then they decided quite innocently that they were going to get married young. Um, so, yeah, I think that she's she's obviously taking advantage of him there. And, I, and But I think that if he thinks that he could have this, you know, very beautiful woman on his arm... I think he might quite like that, especially if he thinks, you know, that this is what business moguls do. He's probably heard tales of his dad when he was growing up and getting all the girls and everything. If you want to be a big man in no. business, you've got to have a piece of arm candy. No. So I, I, I think that he's going to be convinced by this and actually quite like it. No. And poor old Amy, who looked like she, she was, you know, she and Ardy could have had a bit of a relationship yeah. there. But he's like, no, sorry, I've, I've got, no. a, I've got a proper woman now, and it's like an older woman, more experienced. I, no. I think, I think that he's gonna like this. No, she's been, she's pursuing him really um, aggressively. She is, and um, he's also smart enough to realise that this is a bad move. If he and his dad are gonna go into business with Darren, you do not have an affair with this man's wife immediately, like two days after you've met him. So I wonder is. Is he going to end up... You know, I, I, I think... He's... I think that they have definitely done the deed. And we're going to see them, you know, the next morning or something on Monday's episode. If it was just a snog, I feel that we might have seen him, you know, pulling away or, or going off or something in today's episode. But the fact that we didn't makes me feel like they, they went off to bed or, or something. Um... She's going to blackmail him now and she's going to force him to spend time with her and if he doesn't, she's going to tell Darren and he's going to be torn now because he doesn't ever, he didn't even want this and he's going to find it too difficult to juggle having an affair and also actually doing this business stuff that he wants to do. So do you think that she's going to, she's actually interested in pursuing a relationship with him or? Well, she's, well she wants to get back at Darren. Yeah. And she also seems incredibly bored. She does. She should write a book or something. I, d- I don't know whether she is... She's so bored. I don't know whether she's particularly interested Start. in forming a long-term committed no. relationship with no, Ardy no. here, but I... Maybe she should get on TikTok. <laughs> yeah, she prob- probably is on it, to be fair. She could do a conspiracy theory TikTok. Um, uh, or rate her favourite milkshakes and kebabs. So I, I wonder whether this, this relationship's going to happen, and then... Either Asher or Amy are going to discover it. Maybe the word gets through to Dev, and then Dev's like, "You got to stop it now, or or we can't hey, let you can't let Audrey, Darren know." I'm proud of you, but also you're going to sink the deal, man. What are you doing? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, mean, I reckon th- this deal eventually is going to fall fall flat yep. in the face. Th- this isn't going to work. No. Dev isn't going to suddenly be the lord of. Of of the of cut price wine and yeah. cans of gin and tonic. Yeah, exactly. So something's gonna go wrong. I, they're gonna get found out. I predict that um, Amy and uh, Amy and um, Ardy are gonna get sweet on each other, but he's going to be being blackmailed by Courtney, and then Amy's gonna find out before anyone else does, and she's gonna be disgusted by Ardy going around with this married woman and. Um, yeah, this. especially after she's just come out with this dodgy relationship with Aaron, and now she's maybe could she get involved with Ardy, who she thinks, and you know we've we've been led to believe up to this point that he's an honourable gent, but it actually turns out that he's two timing her with this yeah. this older woman. Uh, what do you think about the, the the older woman aspect of it? It's creepy. I said this already. She's coercing him. Like if this doesn't turn out to be some kind of reverse 
<laughs> is there such a thing as a reverse? You know, like um, a flipping f- me too on its head or whatever. You know, she she's in a position of power over this over this boy. He can't really say no, can he? No. This is exactly what happened with Ray and. Faye. Faye. <laughs> um, because they rhyme, that's why I laughed. <laughs> Not because it was funny. But um, yeah, the, the fact that there's somebody who's in a position of power, who's older than you, who is kind of pretending that you have a choice in them sexually, you know, advancing on you. Um, and and that you know the the fact that there will be dire consequences if you don't go along with it means doesn't mean that you know pretending so do that you it's think not that, a thing. Do you think that next week he's going to be all aghast about out. what happened? And I think it's reckon? gross. I, 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 I think know. he's going to think he's cock of the manor, cock of the walk, whatever the phrase is. I know, but I, I feel this is like a super damaging message, and also I I, I can't believe that Cory wouldn't understand how. But it's just like a I know it's classic a, cougar it's a classic, story, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, but but it, you have to be a bit tone deaf to not realise that Twitter will be full of people going, oh yeah, typical, you know, women can do what they want. And whenever a woman does it to a man, nobody cares. But if it's the other way around, people get, men will get always get criticised. You know, I can just imagine, I'm sure there are loads of people going on about it. Oh, it's always the man never never gets to be the victim hang on i don't think we should give sexists ammunition for starters and secondly <laughs> um this is coercion so but i i i think that she may well be his type and i also just st- want to say, say there are some similarities between the way that she presents herself and the way that R. Kelly did as well. I also just want to say that just just because it, say Ardy went along with it and he's perfectly happy doesn't change the fact that it's incredibly pro- problematic to have this, you know, her pursuing this kid who's under her thrall, mm. who's been employed to drive her around. Yeah, yeah. It's not a funny, sexy story. It's not, this is 1985. This is, you know, current year and... <laughs> You can't forget what the year is. Though. You can't. It's a. It's a meme, and you can't go round. Is it? Yes. Oh. You can't go round preying on people that you hold power over. Well, I'm sure. Whether I'm you're sure a man that, or a woman. I, I'm sure that Ardy will come out of this relatively unscathed. But yeah, I, I don't see good things for for Deb's business <laughs> or money. Courtney's going to be a very one note kind of just vampy sex pest or do you think that we're gonna see her cry yeah. about how sad she is with all her money an empty house and darren i'm not expecting too much depth from this character <laughs> but i don't know I no don't know. i'm not either i don't think that's what she's there for i think she's there to to make all the all the men go wow i wish i was Ardy being sexually i have to say she's not deprived. my type Gemma. well i would hope that she wasn't because why would you be with me <laughs> Um, right, just before we move on, I do want to give a shout out to the best dev line of the week, which yeah. is when he was being, um, when he was talking about wanting to be um, Richard Branson, not Elon Musk. Mm-hmm. So he says, um, not as rich, but better hair. And then he kind of goes, ha. Yeah, he does. <laughs> He's so great. Was that in the script or did Jimmy just add that Jimmy's extra? like adding it in. Yeah. Right, the Bryman storyline, Gemma. Was this me? Lower this stakes was again, now. Weird. This was weird, right? Isabella. This Isabella has been knocking about um, 
how long now? Three months or whatever? Oh, feels, feels like, like ages. She turned up as this story's been brewing for ages. And this at, at the end of this, it feels like it was a way to make Brian and Mary Yeah. When we got to Wednesday's episode, I think it was, and um the whole Mary pretending to be Brian's girlfriend and Brian and I was like, no. Oh, is this just a vehicle for the Brian and yeah. Mary romance? Why? I had literally no idea. What a long, convoluted way of, of getting them together. They didn't give Isabella a fair shake on this, I don't think. This could have really been a more funny and bomb, uh, bomb, uh, bombastic story, but they just flubbed it at the end, I thought. On Monday... I didn't mind it. I, I found Isabella a bit funnier this week, actually. I, I liked it. I think she Isabella was interesting. She wasn't as funny as she could have been, but no, no. Um, I loved her. I liked hearing her speaking in Italian on the phone. Mm-hmm. It was good fun, wasn't it? On Monday, um, we get to see inside the cabin for like the first oh, yes. time in twenty five yeah. years. Yeah, I don't know how long it's been, but it feels like a very long time before since we've seen the cabin set. Brian and Rita in the in the cabin together. Um, Brian and Isabella have returned from their jaunts around the northern riviera and brian's not had a great time uh but isabella says that he has and he didn't want to come home brian and mary go to the pub later and brian's like oh god that was awful i I got to i I can't get out of this i've got to pretend to be dead or something to get rid of this woman and mary says just tell her that you need some space so in the florist later mary's trying to get brian to tell isabella about the pest in his flat and maybe that she should move out and um, this was her coded way of trying to get Brian to bring up to Isabella that he wanted her to move out. And Isabella's like, oh, I'm not afraid of a mouse, but I do want to go on holiday again because I bloody love Blackpool. <laughs> I cannot imagine an Italian woman walking around Blackpool having a, a good time. I'm sure that she might, that some might, but maybe not Isabella. Where do you think, where do you think in Italy is comparable to Blackpool? I don't really know Italy too well. <laughs> maybe someone can go and tell us what they think. So in the pub later, Brian tells Marion and Eileen that he's going to speak to Isabella, but he wants to find the right moment. What does it? Does Eileen come back into this at a later story? What do you mean? This is this. This was Eileen's first appearance of the week. Eileen looked very different this week. I thought she looked magnificent. Lots of people said the same as us, which was. It took us a few seconds to realise it was her. When she walked out of the toilets, I looked at her and said, oh, that extra there looks a little bit like Eileen. Both of but us not. thought that exact same thing. We both said And then to she starts other, speaking. It's like, oh, it is Eileen. It is Eileen. So yeah. she's got her hair trimmed very differently now, hasn't she? And She's, she's got like, um, what's it called? It's like a cut, like a short, shaved up head. Yeah. I don't know. Um, and and she's obviously you know been on a on a weight loss regime. She's yeah, she's looking good. She's looking very svelte, and she looks very different. She looks more glam, and I made the mistake of complimenting a female actors actresses um, appearance on Twitter, and of course attracted a bunch of trolls who were very clean to tell me that I was wrong they didn't <laughs> like the way she looked you get... also had lots of people stealing the screenshot that you took yeah, didn't you loads of people yeah, and we can tell it's ours because it. there's a reflection on it because we yeah. just photographed the TV yeah I literally do not need to watermark our pictures because I can see the reflection of our window <laughs> <laughs> so well I mean we've stolen screenshots that don't belong to us it's just funny so um yeah Eileen looks fab 
And also George is looking quite yeah, trim George as well. Yeah, George as well. He's mm-hmm. also quite svelte. Was there a story where George and Eileen have been locked in a basement somewhere? Uh, and that's why we haven't seen them for a while. Yeah, they didn't have clearly. anything to eat and they're too embarrassed to bring it up. Maybe they've been taken hostage and held in a van. They just don't like to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, they just don't go on about it like everyone else. And it happened at a weekend, so it wasn't even in the show. Right, so on Wednesday, Rita gets into an argument with Isabella um, when she bumps into her and Brian in the shop because uh, they should have been opening the cabin. And Isabella snatches the keys and swans off. And Brian and Rita get to the shop. She's already having an argument in there with Mary about pear drops. Storms out. Mary's upset. Rita tells Brian, y- you seem to have feelings for Mary, don't you? And he's embarrassed, but he says he can't get her out of his head. You know, Mary's got this effect on, on men, doesn't she? Does she? <laughs> Later, Isabella catches Brian on don't, the phone. Don't see RD going after her. I'll say that. No. So shallow. Um, Brian's on the phone, isn't he, going, Oh, prego, scusi. Uh, He's trying to find out about this flat of Isabella's. And, you know, Isabella left on Wednesday and lots of people were were predicting a massive scam and there was actually never anything wrong with her flat or or anything like that. This is what I don't get. Is she coming back after this? Because this was odd. So, um... Isabella catches Brian doing this and she's really mad because she's like, oh, wait, you want to get rid of me? I don't, why, why are you, why are you rejecting me? I, I, I'm sad. And this argument continues in the pub where Brian admits that maybe she should leave. And she starts crying, saying she's lonely. He's the only friend she has. And he's sighing like, oh, she's got me. I, I can't get out of this. Eileen and George are watching in the corner. Oh, they were funny. It. They were just at the other table, weren't they? Enjoying the drama like yeah. we were. Isabella's ranting about Brian stabbing her in the back and Mary comes over and uh, this is where she b- begins the ruse. She tells Isabella Brian does want Isabella to leave because they're in love and she and Brian are going to move in together so there will be no room for Isabella. And Brian's very shocked. I have to say, Peter Gunn in this scene was... Oh, he made some great expressions. He was really good. He's so good at doing... Subtle looks. I think sometimes they get him to do a bit more gurney looks, but he's yeah, he's his quite, little befuddled. He can smirks. capture some very intriguing and hard to define expressions, can't he? Mm. Because he kind of looked proud, but 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 a bit scared and triumphant. And yeah, yeah I I I love Peter Gunn when he when he gets given something. He he can be a really fantastic comedic actor. So. Um, he, he puts his arm around Mary and you know, you can tell, we, we've already had the scene from with Rita and Brian where she rumbles that he fancies Ma- Mary, but it's, Peter yeah. Gunn was great at this, um, at the, his body language in that scene of like depicting a man who needed to, to pretend that he fancied her, didn't want her to know that he did fancy her, but had to commit himself enough to convince Isabella that he fancied her. Yeah, it was, it was really, it was very well done. Really good. So um, she's Isabella's like, "What the heck? Are you sure this is what you really want?" My heart is broken. Mary's like, "Sorry about that." Yeah, <laughs> and and she says, "Look, you got to go. I want to move in as soon as possible." So um, back at number eleven, Mary has to tell Eileen and George that. Um, she's not actually in love with Brian, it's all just a joke, and she laughs at the idea that Brian would ever be in love with her. And Brian is downhearted, and uh, George and Eileen notice. So Friday is when we see the back of Isabella. They just wave her off in a taxi. Yeah, gone, first scene. <clears throat> okay. Nice, nice to have had you, Isabella, but what was the point of you? Mm. Brian 
uh, is down because he thinks he's made a fool of himself. Mary says, oh, I don't think so. You've been kind and clever and decent. And he, he perks up a bit because he wants, you know, of course you want a compliment from some, the lady yeah. that you like. Yeah. And he tells her that she's been amazing. And he loves her so much, he brings her a magnet of Stonehenge that he bought when he was on his magnificent trip. Um, I didn't get this. Was Were we supposed to be suspicious of where they'd gone? Or no, was it just genuinely so. a weird shop? And I think, yeah. So they're laughing over the fact that there's just a shop that sells souvenirs from everywhere in the whole country. <clears throat> I guess it's like when you go to a, um, an amusement park and there's the themed shops, aren't there? Like, oh, this is the ghost train shop where you can buy a ghost train cup and a ghost train... Yeah, how is it like this? And then at the very end, when you go out the main shop, they'll go, This is all the things you could have bought. <laughs> Everything is in this shop. Yeah, that was that's the main gift shop of Great Britain. <laughs> and it sells Stonehenge stuff, it sells what else did they say it had? I don't remember. It's probably got some corgis Hadeans in there. Hadrian's wall. <laughs> Everyone's favourite wall in Britain. So she's so, well, she's like, Thanks very much for this magnet of a place neither of us has been um and she just disappears off doesn't she thanks i'll see you see you later got a free magnet Gemma and sean see brian is a bit maudlin and Gemma realizes that he's lovesick for mary rita comes in tells brian you need to tell mary how you feel and he says no because i've been friend zoned yeah i hate that word why it's just way it's just what nice nice guys say when they can't oh, be like, friends with a woman. Like Craig. Yeah. Can't be friends with a woman. Has to shag her, and if she won't, then it's her fault for friend zoning you. I felt bad for Isabella when she was getting upset about being lonely. I don't know whether it no, was just a ruse. Are we supposed or... to just not give a crap about this woman? Yeah, I, I, I know she I'm was not annoying. Gonna, I'm not going to deny. I, I was pleased to get rid of her and see the back of her on Wednesday. But when she, she, she was talking about being sad and lonely yeah. and nobody else likes her and she hasn't got any friends, I, it did kind of make me feel. And it, and here's, more sympathy. here's the other bog- mind-boggling thing about this, is that it genuinely does seem that she has had builders in this whole time, and they're still there. Like, we all were thinking that she was lying, or she was delaying it, or, you know, she was she was extending her time um, in England because she was maybe not even really Italian, or she'd been made homeless, or mm. a number any number of interesting things, but no... She just genuinely would you would you to prefer stay. for this story to be over now and just be a little bit disappointed, or would you like there to be some kind of coda to it where she comes back and it is revealed that she is a criminal mastermind of deception? I'm expecting her to come back. I just think no, we're done with her. I, I wouldn't what, be sad if was, we didn't see her again. I, I would look like back pointless. on the story and go, "This is a bit of a waste of a story." Why did but that happen? Actually, there's been lots of pretty decent stories in Corrie this year. They can afford the odd clunker here and there, and, and maybe mm. this is it, and let's mm. whatever move on because it's clearly going to be about Brian and, and Mary now. And I'm starting mm. to warm to the idea. When I first heard or saw or thought or whatever, I don't remember how I found out about it first, back around Christmas time, that Brian was going to pursue Mary. My initial reaction was definitely an eye roll. And I, I didn't think that they were be suited together. And it's like, oh yeah, just put these two together because why not? They're, not? they're clearly not suited. But I think from what I've seen at the moment, they could potentially make quite a good couple actually. So... I, I'm 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 more invested now. I'd be fine. I would have been fine with Isabella if it had been a two week story. What do you think about Brian and Mary? Do you think they're going to work as a couple? Because it's clearly yeah. going towards that way. Yeah. I just I'm just wary of things with 
I well, can't both see, of them, to be honest, but say, mostly Mary. I can't see it, anything changing, particularly. Can well, you? exactly, the because they hang around couples, each other all the time anyway. They're already hanging around each other. I literally cannot see that this was going to make a blind bit of difference, honestly, in Coronation Street, so do what you want. But why have Isabella in it for like three months when two mo- two weeks would have been far more than enough to have made this character interesting, um, condensed some of her antics into a smaller space... Yeah, if the end goal of it was just to get Brian and Mary we together, didn't need, didn't need all of this preamble. I don't to... even know how long she was in. I keep saying three months, but I don't actually know. Mm. Right, um, so the the Max and Reeson's um, Lauren storyline, not the strongest part of this week by a long shot. Um, basically, Jonah sees Lauren in the cafe and has Who's a... Jonah? Oh, no, sorry, Leanne. Sorry, Leanne sees show Lauren in the cafe and has a bit of a mardy moment at her because she blames her for Toy getting kidnapped mm. and um, Shona's there saying yeah Max you're wasting your time with that one she's a wrong one mm-hmm. so Lauren goes back to number 8 she's pretty down in the dumps Max says look you're not a bad person don't listen to what these people are saying you were under Griff's spell just like I was we were groomed um, and I don't want you going back to that and if you leave now you might well just get sucked up into something else dodgy again so you stay with me and then we get a phone call, or Lauren gets a phone call from her dad, Reese, because it's his, um, it's his sentencing coming up on Wednesday, isn't it? And um, he wants her to, he wants her to go there. Um, she she says, yes, you you're I'm all you've got. But Max isn't impressed. She he wants her to completely cut ties with him, and says that if you go there, I'm not having anything to do with you. I'm kind of at this point thinking. Have we seen the last of Sabrina? Because she, I know, Gav disappeared off weeks ago. Sabrina, I don't think she was in it this week, was she? It seems like they're working towards a relationship between Max and Lauren, which I don't think I'm that interested in. I'd rather it be Max and Sabrina. But in any case, um, she speaks to Reese on the phone at the end of the episode. We don't hear him. She says, right, sorry, Dad, not going along to your sentencing. Um... And she says to Max, we know it, at least I've got you. So Wednesday's episode, we find out just via text, because they can't be bothered to invest in that story, I'm not particularly fussed, that Reese has been sent down for 18 years. Why, 18 years, Gemma. Why would we see Reese getting sentenced? We know, we know there's no tension, there's not, no interest. We yeah, don't I need to see so. him being told this. Yeah. Text message is fine. Just to try and give more, because it felt like this story had... A couple of scenes this week, but they didn't really want to commit to making it that exciting. You know, but I suppose they did have a gunpoint hostage situation yeah, and Stephen being well. rushed, to, rushed to hospital with bleeding temples. This reminds me of um, this kind of stuff at the end of, of these big storylines where we find out that so-and-so's got, you know, prison for this long and that long or whatever. Reminds me of when you watch a crime documentary or something like that, or like a, a movie and at the end, you, you know, the main character does something and then the credits, before the credits roll, it's like the, the text going, Reese Bolton received 18 years in prison. Oh, yeah, yeah. He is still serving his time at HMS Highfield. Yeah. What happened? Has is, is Griff been sentenced? Has he been sent down now? We're not going to find out about that. Don't know. I guess he'll I get longer know. as being the main you ringleader. Think, you think we would know, wouldn't you? Mm. Maybe we do and we've just forgotten. Anyway, they have other stuff in the episode about Lauren getting mad at Max for stopping her being able to go and see him and then she 
forgives him. They go. She storms off, and you think that's the last we're going to see of her. But she seems like she's just stormed back to his house, and they have a conversation. <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, I'm here for you, Lauren. Whatever. Do you mean that? Yeah, of course I do." So there we go. Lauren I mean, and Max, they're best friends now. Lauren and Lauren and Max. The scene. Are like how old are they? Eighteen as well. No, no, not even that. They're like sixteen, seventeen. Imagine they? that being finding out your dad's get, got longer in prison than you've been alive mm. before you'll you'll be able to see him again properly. Yeah. It's another one of these tragic, um, you know, young things like Kelly. You know, her dad disappeared and then she found out that she'd been murdered and everything. So I She think found out she was murdered. She found that out that he'd shocking. been murdered and... Um, yeah, I... I, I, I I'm not I really... Didn't, I, I'm surprised. I thought that, you know, when we had Lauren and Max together earlier this year, like going back January, February time, I quite liked them as a couple, but now... Now I'm not so fussed, but maybe that's just because Sabrina's come along and I prefer her as an alternative. I prefer Sabrina by quite a lot. Mm. Well, she liked one of she liked a message that I put on Instagram today. The actress who plays Sabrina, because I said that we like Sabrina to one of her posts, and she hearted it. If so. I was her, I'd like that as well. Mm. Uh, that's that's it. Not not particularly interesting to be honest. Um, Paul's story. Over to you, Gemma. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to get a sore throat. Oh, yeah. Oh, don't do that. Okay. On Friday, Daniel is visiting Paul. What? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. You reminded me of this because I have a memory like a goldfish. I was like, why does Daniel know Paul? And you were like, (laughs) they live together. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that's right. I forgot. Sorry. So Daniel's going, you know, I'll come to support you and give you a hug. And uh, I don't really know what to say, but I'm here. And also, oh, it was... Was it sad or weird or creepy? I guess when you're dying, everything's sad and weird and creepy because Daniel's like, oh, I know someone who died. <laughs> Sinead. Oh, and yeah. Paul's like, well, when I when I get there, oh, inside, yeah, I'll he'll... say, I'll know somebody. I suppose I better that... get baptised then, am I? Otherwise I'm not going to get a chance to meet her. Was she in limbo? Hmm? She could be in limbo. Well, yeah, I don't think Sinead. We're not sure. Seems like the sort... I don't think that um, Arlene was the sort to... Baptised Sinead. No, either, to I be think honest. everybody would get everyone. everyone I think everyone should get baptised in all the religions. Do you reckon? What do you reckon? I think so. <laughs> I think the doctors should get little spray bottles, and when the baby's born, they just give them a spray of all the different. Just to be on waters. the safe side, yeah. Yeah. So um, Daniel leaves, and and Paul tells Billy that Daniel does not really know what to say. I think he did all right, actually, Daniel. Yeah, for he was what, fine. You know, what do you bloody say? I'm not learning what to say from this show, I have to tell you that. (laughs) I'm not learning what the best thing to say is. So Billy gets ready to work, go to work, and and Paul says, you're going to this MND support group, aren't you? And Paul says, I I suppose I better go. I don't really want to go, but I will be fine. I'll go, I promise. So he turns up to this place, and um, this happens all the time. Somebody goes somewhere, and there's always like a perky little urchin, isn't there, who kind of is the the introductory character for you to go come into this new world of whatever whatever it is that you're mm. you know this this trope of this like plucky sarcastic comedy character who's suffering i would say i don't know whether that's true or not but i would say that it feels like fairly Corey-ish to have people go somewhere that they don't really want to go and then they turn around and say no no i can't do it which is exactly what happens to paul here well he bumps into this lady who is um, Shelley, I think she was called. Shelley. She is in a wheelchair and she looks very unwell. And he yeah, doesn't really MND. know how to talk to her. He 
he kind of crouches down and she makes fun of him and says she's he's curtsying to her and um she's sarcastic he's like very he's patronizing you know he's he's babying her he's speaking to her like she's he's being awkward i don't think it's fair to say he's patronized i mean he's speaking to her like she is less of a person yeah how are you yeah Yeah, and he and he's He's awkward, but he's also thinking, I'm going to end up here. I can't cope with this. Mm. And, she, and she kind of she's, tries to get him to come with her because he's like, she, we must be here for the M&D stuff. He, she takes him by... She, he's caught off guard yeah. by her um, wise-cracking, sarky nature. Yeah. And she's just like, yeah, this is the way things are. She, she makes a joke about... But the dark joke. She, yeah, what well, do you say like this? You're either here for the MND support group or the female gymnastics, so I guess it must be the MND. Me, I'm here for the gymnastics. Yeah. I, I quite I, I quite liked her for that. Yeah. And I, and I think that we're going to see him return to the oh, support she'll be group in next again. week and maybe, then she'll die. maybe she's going to be his MND friend. I, yeah. Um, so, so he just gets really intimidated when they they kind of go off to this support group and he just goes out the door. He goes and sits with Gemma back at the flat and, and she's saying to him, I feel guilty about being on antidepressants when you've got all your stuff that you're going on. And, and he says, um, look, Gemma, just carry on telling me about your problems and maybe I wish I was dead. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> just for a laugh. <laughs> ha ha ha, he says. Um, Billy gets home and Paul just admits he didn't go to this meeting and Paul tells Billy um, about how stupid he felt talking to this lady and um, he didn't really know what to say. And Billy's like, she's probably used to it. And Paul says, that's going to be me pretty soon. That's my future. And Billy says, look, every, loads of people do this. You, you, you're not a bad person and you don't have to go back to these meetings anytime soon if you are if you don't want to. Just go when you're ready. <laughs> but I just, what I wanted, <laughs> I wanted Carla to come out. Because she's been walking around Ryan every time somebody says something inappropriate to Ryan, like yeah. scowling. I want her to come out and go, stop being horrible. You spoke about his face or didn't speak about his face. Stop or being horrible to people in wheelchairs. Yeah. You made a comment or you didn't mention it. <laughs> um, yeah, she could sit in on the, um, on the support group, couldn't she, and tell everybody off for being inappropriate. Yeah. Forgive me if I'm being um, very stupid. This woman who was playing Shelley... Did she have MND? I don't know. Like, in in one ways, I'm thinking, you know, good for her that she's doing this, and also, what uh, it would maybe feel weird to have a character that was supposed to be portraying have this having this serious condition, and and she didn't have the condition, but especially as they've been working with the MND Association. But on the other hand, you're thinking, you know, do you is it with somebody with I I I, I honestly I, I'm I'm not sure about that but um I'm in just know that I'm interested in seeing more of her and I think that getting him out into a support group is um is a good move for the show um yeah it, but it was you know it was just clearly a, a warm up for for next week what are you doing I'm you trying, trying to see you are trying to find out are you trying to find there's that too out? many Shelleys in Coronation Street <laughs> Shelley on one you got a lot to answer for um the only other thing we had this week storyline wise was the uh, the Damon Child story where poor old Wallet stroking Adam who's so excited about this baby that he's soon going to be able to get the scan of and find the yeah he's got his little window yeah, in, his, in his in his wallet and he's like oh I'm going to have a picture of my baby in here soon well Sarah's getting nervous because they're going to have a scan. That is going to tell them the sex of the child, which will happen with a blood test because they're going to be earlier than you could see whether it's got a winky or not. 
Yeah. So they're going to have a blood test and she's like thinking, oh, that is might be a problem for me because the last time I had a blood test, I threw it in the bin. Yeah. So she might be compelled. Like if she sees a bit of paper with DNA written on it, she might just throw it in the bin immediately and then the jig's up, isn't it? Yeah, she, she's worried that next week she's it's going to become clear that you know, she's been... Lying. Lying about what happened to the results or or is she or they actually like, gonna find out that the baby's not Adams and... Or they might say something like, Oh hello, Mr. Barlow, it's so good of you to raise another man's child. Yeah, so well, oh, her, her mind is probably racing about all the yeah, things that they might say, even though they probably wouldn't say mm, any of it to be professional. That, but he's just excited about being able to see this little baby. But um, when he Hello, go- little Bobby. When he, <laughs> when he goes to work later, he has another panic attack, doesn't he? Uh, yeah. And I don't really get why. What was it that instigated that? So, talking on the phone about being a dad. Oh, yeah. And then it's like, oh, I didn't need that. And it had another silly camera in the face scene. And then he goes and locks himself in his office while poor client waits outside. And then later on, when Daniel comes round, the client's gone. And that's kind of about it, wasn't it? Yep. So I still don't know who this person was. I'm afraid. Um, not been able to find out. No. Well, the Coropedia is not going to be updated with today's episode yet. That's the thing. Okay, so not not so fussed about that story, but both that and Paul seem to be the warm up stories for for next week. So I'm sure we will have plenty of stuff to talk about for that storyline when we eventually get around to it. Like I said, we are like we said at the beginning, it's going to be a little bit well, you know, half a week later than we'd normally be doing it. But you will get that episode and you will get that discussion. So. After the, you know, not so good episode of Coronation Street on Monday, how how would I you would, say that this week um, has gone since then and, and what score would you settle on? I would say that it was mind-bogglingly bad, but it was also funny. It was. We were just laughing our way yeah. through those um, hostage scenes. It was audaciously... Yeah. Whereas the Stephen story is supposed to be laughed at a little bit, this is supposed to be deadly serious life or death situation, and we were just laughing at her. Like, when she pulled the gun out, I was like, for sake. Honestly. Yeah, so, not happy. But, but you know, it did get better from them. Wednesday's was the, particularly the strongest episode of the week, so what's your score that you're giving it, Gemma? It's hard, because I, um, I, had, I had a good time... Um, being aghast at Mondays. I really, really did like Wednesdays. Um, I thought it was brilliant. Um, and then today's was just okay. But I'm mad about what happened to Spider and I'm mad about Isabella. I feel that two characters left this week and, uh, you know, is, is Isabella coming back? It feels like a very unfinished story. I can't give it more than because I really liked Stephen and the twist and what's happening with Tim and Elaine mm. um, so I'm going to give it three things floating in Stephen's tea <laughs> okay is it, is it a little part from each of his bodies a little bit of Leo a little oh, bit yeah, of Teddy a little bit it. of Rufus yeah. um, I, I'm going to go higher than this um, Wednesdays as I say was obviously the better episode of the week Mondays less said about that the better and I'm Mildly intrigued by this Ardy and Courtney storyline. Um, I'm going to go um, three and a half guys that Toya's managed to keep alive out of five. <laughs> um, character of the week wise. Um, tough one. Tough one. Um, are we going to go with our girl Toya for 
sticking to her principles and not pining too much after Spider and letting him go, or are we stick it to the maniosa? Um, or, or or is it Spider himself for being you know the final final chance that he gets? I'm not not convinced that this person who has chosen his career over his long-term girlfriend is a, is really the best one to go for. What are you thinking? I'm giving it to Stephen because he, again, um, entertained me the most this week. I was on the end of my seat wondering what the heck was going to happen. Anything else? Okay, fine. Um, I, I might give it to Elaine because she, she finally is twigging. She's getting a bit more wind in her sails she's getting a bit a bit more fire in her belly and she's standing up to Stephen because she's clocked him so um Stephen and Elaine are our character of the week so. oh nice right and that will do for this week's street talk let's move on it's time for the news and the first bit of news is I've got news and rumours this week Gem we've got it is cabin-related news in the cabin, yeah. The, the, the best kind of cabin news. When the um, Barbara Knox documentary was announced a few weeks ago, I was like, I only want one thing on this, and that is a reunion between Barbara Knox and Thelma Barlow, who played Mavis, and we got it this week. Even before the new the doc, the doc, went to documentary out September, but we got the best of sneak previews this week, because at the RHS Flower Show at Tatton Park this week, they had that reunion and their photos and videos and everything and it was just all lovely, wasn't it? Oh, I loved it. I saw online that they had named a rose for Babs. Yeah, well they did, but they've not called it the Barbara Win no. not Barbara Windsor, sorry, Barbara Knox Rose. They've called it the Gracious Lady and Bar maybe they just called it that whatever and Barbara's like, Oh yes, that's me. They've named a rose after me. How, how delightful. <laughs> Thank like, you, I'm claiming. Don't, don't tell her it's not her. Don't but. argue with her because you'll you won't win. No, you will, you're not going to win against her. Yeah, they've named this rose, the Gracious Lady. It's named after Barbara Knox for her 90th birthday. And the idea was they had this big presentation of it at Tatton Park for her 90th birthday. And um, yeah, and Thelma Barlow was there, Mavis. This Thelma reunion. Barlow's going, where's my sodden rose? Well, you need to stay in the programme, love. You've been out she of it for 25 years or so. Yeah. Oh, this is this is just fueling people she begging lovely, for Mavis she? to come back. She they both did. Fab. Yeah, and Thelma's 94 now. But she, they look great together. Oh. It was... It was just lovely seeing them really smiley nice. and happy. I mean, Barbara says that she's been in touch with Thelma since she's left the show. So it wasn't like it was a... Oh, great. These two haven't had anything to do with they each, other. To each other. It felt like... <laughs> I can't remember what the story was, but when we had Anne Reid turning up at the Rovers yeah. for, for William Roach's documentary last year, it felt that they have not really seen much of each other for, oh, yeah, for 60 me. years or so, 50 years. But this felt like, you know, it's a... Uh, one of many reunions but it was so lovely to see and I don't think we're going to have Mavis back unfortunately she she said on numerous occasions she's got no interest in returning to the street I guess she must have retired from acting a while back she could do it though couldn't she she should do it she really really should do it she wants that rose but I don't, I don't think we're going to see Mavis again. But it was, it was just so, so nice. So and and Barbara um, gave a few quotes to the Manchester Evening News that was there about her rose. Saying, "How would you feel if someone, Gemma, you can answer this one? How okay. would you feel if someone gave you the most beautiful gift you ever had? And I, it, and I, it's happy. a rose. Uh, oh, and it's a rose named after me. Rose named after you, but but Gemma Rose. It's not got my name. <laughs> yeah." 
If they, if they called... had a rose and called it the Ranty Podcast, yeah, uh, would you be honoured by that? Well, thanks, the big mouth bitch. <laughs> I didn't call you that. I said the Ranty Podcaster. That's what I'd, you are. I want it to be called big mouth bitch. <laughs> I want it to be like a very unpleasantly smelling rose that smells like dog wee and is really thorny and that nobody wants. But it's you don't the most smell of dog wee. Beautiful. You are quite thorny sometimes. The most beautiful rose, like me. But when you get close to it, it's horrible like me well barbara knox thought it was really amazing very special so you know okay. hopefully you'd feel that way too um i said i'd like it on meeting up with them where she said it's been magnificent she was the best partner i could have ever had we were great friends we were so fond of each other we went everywhere together Aww. we really were good friends as well as Aww. acting together so well we've kept in touch over the years and thank god she looks so well i'd love mavis back mm. like a shot so she you know, I she's wonder angling. how much I wonder how much she said, Look, do you wanna come back? Do you wanna come back? You should come back. I'm fed up. She with shouldn't this show. she shouldn't You know, come back and help me. Shouldn't try and force her if she's not interested, but I don't think you can. And you know, would it really be that good? Not all returns. comebacks and returns to Coronation Street are the most successful. But Thelma Barlow is a quality actress. I I like to believe that we could make this work, so um did Jill Care, who is Blue Diamond's relationship manager, so that's the people who've been putting on this whole thing with the rose, says, we're delighted to be able to launch a rose with this very special and iconic well, lady. Obviously, the, it's the PR company of the rose business, or the rose business itself. Yeah, they're, not, yeah. they're not just a person who walks around going, have no. you got a name for that rose? Can I have it? <laughs> um, which link with, especially given the soap's northern roots, which link with those of the home of Friars Roses, which is only a stone's throw from RHS Tatton Park Flower Show in Nutsford. So a really nice um, businessy sounding quote from Jill Kerr there. And that's about it. Apart from the fact that Sally Carmen also managed to wangle, so sa- wangle herself a ticket. So she, she was there giving Barbara Knox a hug as well. And um, look out for it because that documentary is coming in September and then we'll be able to see hopefully a whole lot more of them and maybe they will even ask on camera the question to Thelma Barlow would you ever come back to Coronation Street and she'd oh. say not bloody likely love I thought you were going to say what rose would you like what if somebody named a rose after you what would it what would it be called I if don't it's not really you? know <laughs> um, they were not the only Coronation Street people who had a long um, awaited meetup this week because also on Instagram on, today. Oh, oh, can I just say? Sorry, you don't even let me. I want to just get. We should get one of these roses. It's twenty two pound ninety nine. Oh, that's not bad. Uh, it's available as a bare root from November, and it's got good disease resistance. That's that, what I that want. Good, yeah, it? that's what I want in a uh, in a rose. Where are you finding that? Just in case any of our lovely listeners. You can buy a Rita in your garden, and it's an orange. Long-lasting, light orange blooms. Yeah, just like just like Rita just, herself. When you think of Barbara Knox, you think disease-resistant <laughs> orange. Yeah, she's redder, didn't she, Flaming Nora? Yeah. Right, so as I was Sorry. saying, they're not the only Coronation Street um, actors who've had a reunion oh, this week. Who do you mean? Well, Bruce Jones and Julie Hesmanhouse had a meet-up. So on Bruce's um, Instagram, he played, of course, Les Battersby in the late 90s, early 2000s. He, he put a picture of the two of them. Julie Hesman House, who plays Hayley. Mm-hmm. And um, they had just a lovely time. He says, so yesterday I bumped into this lovely lady at Julie Hairs. It was great to see you after 16 years. And that was nice because, you know, yeah. the characters weren't 
exactly the best of no, friends like on the programme. Um, thought Les was definitely they were uh, acting. quite antagonistic towards her and her transsexuality. But um, yeah, so that was great. It was lovely. Not as good as Rita and Mavis, I'm going to say, but still nice to well, see there were no old Corrie characters together. What would you name a rose that was based on Les Battersby? Um, I don't know. Um, I'm not very good at things like that off the cuff. The decrepit... Decrepit slob. Yeah, that's a nice name for a race. Yeah. Um, right, rumour time now. So here's some Coronation Street people that yeah. may well be coming to a reality TV show near you. Talk to me if it's the Traitors, otherwise I don't care. Oh, we've started watching Traitors, Traitors Australia now. It's on our BBC iPlayer. So if you've seen the other Traitors and you want to just get more of your but Traitors don't tell fix, us what happens. We haven't watched go and have it. a look at that. It's not even filmed They've in the castle, so it's different. A lady in it who is a medium. Now that's exciting. Mm. Um... Do you th- they sh- they've got to do a traitor's celeb- celebrity version, haven't they? They've got to. They have to. They did something slightly similar for that Comet Relief skit, didn't they? With the, no, they have to do it. I, I'm waiting. Do you want to do, do this news? Uh, all right. The Sun says Alan Housel, it might be going in. I'm a celebrity. What? I thought he'd already done it. Has he done I don't it? know. I've lost, lost track. Clearly not. Are you sure this is from this year? Oh, yeah. I have to say that. Um, Tyrone is one of the Corey's most loved characters. So Alan comes with a ready-made fan base. Says... Somebody. Is that somebody from the sun? Um, sometimes soap actors who are known for their iconic roles don't quite translate once in camp. Adam... Gemma loves these Wood... celebrity reality TV show stories. Can't you tell from the passion in her voice? Adam Wood... Woodyat, is that guy who played Ian he... Beale? Yeah, he's the Hello Adam guy from the uh, yeah. EastEnders Hello Live. Adam fame. Yeah. Being one recent example. But Alan is a top lad with bags of personality. So ITV are over the moon. He is in talks to join their 2023 cast. Wow. Gemma, lots of our listeners love I'm a Celebrity they, and we they, need to big it up. They like it when I make I, fun of them. Um, I think that, you know, judging from what I've seen from Alan Hulsar, I think he seems like he'd be game for a laugh and yep. all the an, a, escapades and antics that are required of a celebrity who needs to get out of there. I'm so, sure he would be a nice, good-natured, fun... Yeah, I think he would. Yeah, I think he might go down well with like with the viewers. Alan's a top lad. I really rate him. He's a top. He's champion. That yeah, lad. I, I think, think he he's. Could... I'll give him the time of day. Yeah, he's good people. Is Alan? You know that kind of thing. Yeah. That's... And there might be someone who hates him. Like oh, bloody Alan's such a backstabbing <laughs> asshole, or something like that. Like maybe there'll be like a really cantankerous old lady in there who hates everybody. Maybe I could do that if anybody needs me to go into the jungle or do whatever. Yeah, Alan Hulsell is looking a bit fitter now, and he isn't he a bit. He's got a bit slimmer, and he's got his he's got his abs and everything. He's buffing so, uh, up to get in the jungle. Yeah, maybe that's what it's for. You got to be careful, Alan, because there's not a lot of protein in the jungle unless you want to eat grubs. That's what they. How are you going to maintain they, those abs? Mm. Um, right. So the next celebrity reality TV show rumor is Ellie Leach, who recently left Coronation Street in the role of Faye Windass, is reportedly signing up for Strictly this year. So we've seen her do a jewelry line, haven't we? Recently, we talked about that on the podcast. She had a colourful earrings and rings and whatnot. Is this BBC Strictly. Yeah. Yeah, well, she's allowed to do it now. She, That's why Alan Halston can't do this, no, Alan but Ellie Leach can. Come dancing. Yeah, so um, an insider of the Sun has mm-hmm. said this could be just the tonic for Ellie, who's had some huge life changes this year and could do with something fresh to focus on. Yeah. The dance contest will also give her a chance to get glammed up in a way which she rarely did on the cobbles of Weatherfield, as Faye was 
comparatively frumpy character. Comparative to what? Being in a dance competition? Yeah, she didn't all go around with a sparkly leotard at all times. She didn't dance from from murder to bludgeoning or whatever she was up to. Anyway, I, I can't say that if Alan does appear on Strictly and Faye does appear on... No, the other way around. If Alan does appear on well, Celeb and Faye on Strictly, then I can't promise that we're going to watch That'd a single second out. of it. But good luck to them. Always support Team Cory. Sometimes vote too. Um, we support everybody who's in it. He, go, he goes and does one of these things. Yeah, it gives us something to talk about on the podcast. And, you know, uh, we, we don't talk enough about things. No, we don't we talk do... enough about things. No, relatively short podcasts on the whole conversation. We haven't got enough time street. to cover everything. Yeah. Right, that's enough waffling, which is so rare for us to do. Time for us to move on to some feedback before the end. Feedback time. What do people on Facebook group think about last week's Coronation Street? I'll tell you what, 3.4 out of 5 on average. Didn't get loads of votes this week. If you're on our Facebook group, what and there's, there's flipping hundreds of you on there, don't forget to vote in our poll. It's very, very important. This has got to be a democratic process. But among the people that did vote this week, we had Richard, who gave it four waggles of Kev's nunchucks out of five. Liam, three and a half cups of tea to stop Kirk feeling ropey in dry January. I think we missed that conversation last week, didn't we? No, we meant... We, did you he talk about said that? it wasn't funny. Oh, yeah, well, I'll say it, it again. It made me laugh. really funny. Um, Jack, you know, I say that... You just did an accidental burp, and this is ironic. Yes, I did, actually, because he's given it three accidental farts, drawing Tai Chi out of five, and I'll complain about the accidental fart happening in Coronation Street and thinking that their humour is a higher level than that, but I've got no qualms with voting it as my favourite out-of of the week, because this podcast doesn't have as high standards as I hold Coronation Street to. We're the... Thank God we don't. Lowest of the low. Right, this one's an important email, Gemma, from Rachel, because we were asking about this mm. quiz section last week, Oh, no, we? you were trying to justify stealing my time and labour to make quizzes. How much time and labour did you spend on that quiz this week? I Maybe maybe two seconds. Mm. Gemma, Rachel says, I like listening to the quiz segment because I like listening to Michael give himself points he didn't say. Yeah. That's right, Rachel. <laughs> to prove my point as I'm typing this, Michael, you just gave yourself half a point. Yeah, Rachel knows you. We need a third party independent adjudicator for all our quizzes, um, H. We, we need we? a third we need to train party Abby up to be able to do this. adjudicator for our marriage. Do you reckon? That sounds like, <laughs> that sounds like couples counselling. I don't oh, know does, whether I'm... <laughs> like Wait, the can idea you imagine if that? we go into like a counselling session and, we're like, and they're like, oh, hello, yeah, it's very nice to see you, Michael and Gemma. It's not nice to, to see that you're coming to, to me to sort out your, your problems, so... Um, what is it that has brought you to me today? Well, we do a quiz, okay? I've got the answers here, and he... he well, we're going to do it in front of you. We're going to record this for a podcast. So I'm going to ask him the questions, and you have to make sure he doesn't try to cheat, okay? <laughs> and you'll be going, no, I, I don't... I never cheat, but sometimes I don't know the answer. I just don't say it until she's already said it. And then I said, I should have said that. I was going to say that. But that was the next thing I was going to say. And she never lets me have the, the point for that. And sometimes if I don't know the complete answer, she won't give me a half a point even. And the counsellor's like, nothing I can do for you. Cheating has <laughs> lit up yet another marriage. I think, I think you should... I think you should divorce. Mm. 
Anyway, yeah. um, I picked this next comment from Emma off our Facebook group because um, she shared some of our thoughts about how Spider the character was treated uh, in his whole comeback. So Emma said, I'm so disappointed in Spider and Coronation Street. It's like reading the sequel to a book you've always loved and finding they've ruined it. Mm. I just don't believe that he would choose the police over Toya. Scenarios that would be more believable. One, he died. Two, he left the force and got a job with victim support or a charity or anything at all. So Three, yeah, exactly. Toya decides she loves him and wants to support him, so gives up her job at the Bistro and go off with him. Mm. Maybe Martin wanted to leave, but even if they'd gone with the second option, but had have him become a never-seen character, I'd have been happier than this shambles. Mm. It's an insult to two legacy characters, especially when there was all the fuss about Kate and Rana being separable only by death. Mm. Yeah, yeah, very good point. I mean... They were came out of nowhere, didn't they? And they're like, oh, they've got this beautiful, enduring love. Of course, if one of if if um, Faye Brook wants to leave, then they're just gonna have to kill off one of. The, yeah, there's oh yeah, it just makes well, me sad to I think, think about Emma's it. Emma's put her finger on the issue here. What? The fact oh, just that, in general. In yes, general, totally. I don't know whether Martin wanted to leave. That's a good point, actually. I know that he was on Lorraine, was it Friday last week? I don't think it was announced until the day that the episode was broadcast that the character was left. So yeah, I I don't know whether it's out there that he was um, he was given the boot or whether he only ever wanted to come back for a year or not. Um, if anybody's read anything that says, let me know because I'm kind of interested by that. Anyway, Emma says now I'll go and get on with my day and pretend I've got this whole situation in perspective. <laughs> yeah, well, we if there's one thing we do well on this show it is get blow things out of proportion. What do you and, mean? And get hurt up about things with no real grasp of it makes entertaining this thing that's all i can say we've just had an email through this morning from george so uh, Gemma, i will pass this one over to you before i start is it wrong of me to actually want Stephen to kill elaine no it makes you very normal yeah yeah. but i don't think he's that he's gonna now anyways what roller coaster it was starting monday is it didn't take me long to put two and two together and that the trip away was his plan to bump her off then wednesday took a turn as both elaine and tim discover the truth and I'm confused, as I don't see how Tim's shove resulted in Stephen ending up in hospital. It, it didn't, it didn't. It was completely unrelated. That's the story that's been puzzled at the moment. Slip. He just slipped over. Yeah, no. You've got to be really careful with your head, though. You can bump... You can. You, I've heard of people having very serious... Oh, yeah, you can. Um, what's the word? Repercussions from just bonking their head on a opening a cupboard yeah. I don't wanna, I kid don't at school to... bashes their head you've got to send a note home to their mums I don't want to give every, anyone a complex or worry them but you can't mess about with your head mm. this reminded me a little bit of when um, Leo bumped his, bumped his head and it was a bit of Stephen getting a taste of his own medicine and I wonder whether as the months go on yeah. will <gasps> will all of his other previous murders yes. be put back on him so he's already had the bump to the head he's going to end up in a bin well, that, that, that was the same one, wasn't it? Yeah. Then he's he, going to get drowned. Exactly, exactly. <gasps> I yeah. like it. If he, if he falls foul of an item of stationery over the next few weeks, you Watch know that we're right, this is where he goes. Yeah. yeah. So, George says, Elsewhere, isn't Ardy a bit young to be getting off with a married woman? But Stephanie's perfect for the role, given, given oh, I don't know who the, uh, this is about the real life, okay? Yeah. Oh, Okay. Um, given she had a showmance in Celebrity Big Brother whilst having a boyfriend on the outside. See, this is gossip I don't 
I don't know whether they, I assume. I don't I, know. Um, although it's Darren, I feel sorry for even if he's a bit gullible and not realising his missus is noshing off the intern. Noshing off the intern. You're making George, me read. Lowering the tone of this podcast. Disgraceful this, this email. Um, also, was it just me or did some of the characters on Wednesday do their scenes in the dark? <laughs> First with Leanne and Toya bickering over their coffee and then Tim and Elaine finding life insurance. Can they afford a ring light or put 50p in the meter or something? George, there's a cost of living crisis, this. actually. It's, they're trying to save it. You know that Coronation Street is a green, is a soap. green soap. They did it in tribute to Spider leaving as well. No. Made it environmentally no. friendly. <laughs> when Martin Hancock left, he, he unscrewed all the light bulbs. Yeah. <laughs> thought this was a job for life. You told me I could stay as long as I wanted. Oh. Um, right, Rebecca's email for this week. Let's see what she thought about last week's curry. Firstly, she says, I just want to oh, add... Oh, thank you, George. Thank you, George. Firstly, I just want to add my appreciation for the quiz. I play it every week and I love seeing what score I get. Thank oh, well done. Much. Oh, you've bribed all these people. I can't confirm like, or one, deny this. One person said, like, last week, like, this quiz is crap. Stop doing it. And then you've broke everybody to make me carry on doing it out of guilt. Yeah, and you haven't done it. You got picked up a quiz book. This quiz book's brilliant. You're not doing it next week. The whole idea is this time in multiples of five years ago. Got to go back to that next week, please. I I I think that I'm going to burn this quiz book even though it's a your ability to tell me what to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, is it? Am I reading this? Yeah, you I am answer. <laughs> Next, even though I adored the Toya and Spider engagement and my 90s fangirl was screaming, I'm like Michael, I can't see the engagement lasting. Oh, you better believe I like it. The, I like the way I read this originally that Rebecca said, <laughs> my 90s fangirl was screaming, I'm like Michael. <laughs> <laughs> I love the Spice Girls too. I think Spider might leave when eventually he saves Toya, but he says he doesn't want to put her in any danger. See, that would make sense. Now, where that leaves Toya, I have no idea. So I'm hoping Spider doesn't leave. Too late, it's gone. Oh. Toya is adventurous. Watch classic Cory to see that. But I feel she has lost her adventurous spark. The kidnapper was so annoying, but Toya didn't help with her telling her everything. If Toya's seriously hurt, which I don't think she will be, the blame lies squarely at Lauren telling the kidnapper all about her. However, I do think she might be from a previous case Spider worked on. Yes, that's all true. But... <coughs> Oh dear, Ooh, do you want me to read it? Yeah. Finally, back to the engagement. I'm like Michael, I can't invest. <coughs> oh gosh, I've got a frog in my throat here. Maybe Until I know Spider is stopping. If he is, great. But if he's leaving, then it's just a nice stopgap. Right, I'll take back over. To start off, the Sarah mm. Lou story. Right. Why is she so stupid? Is that you just wanted to say that? Yeah. I couldn't believe it when she told Adam that he was the dad when she hadn't even checked the letter. Then I thought, yeah, I could believe it, actually. <laughs> For her sake, I really hope Adam is the father. But I still think Damon is. He's going to return, but only when Sarah is over the time she can have a termination. Yeah, Adam oh. still doesn't... That's a really good point. Yes, Adam still doesn't know about Sarah being offered to go to America. Does he not? Yeah, I really forgot that that oh, was... Yeah. The, she was, uh, I'm glad somebody watches that. this I'm glad program. somebody's paying attention. And I love the scene with Sarah and Dee Dee. Quite like Daniel announcing Sarah's pregnancy. Thought it was quite funny. Next. Hashtag bring back Henry. <laughs> now we win and we've been another oh, week. We've not seen oh. Gemma's second job. She hasn't brought it up again. Henry's name they has not passed the lips of anybody this week. No, they didn't bring him up again. Yeah, so. Yes, Chesney is an idiot. Why can't he understand Gemma is struggling? That Gemma and Paul scene was lovely, and I love being supportive of Paul his sister. Paul being supportive. What did I say? Um, 
I'm sure I said Paul. Um, if Henry does come back, I don't think he and Gemma will have an affair as they married Gemma and Jesney for a reason. What was that then? To avoid all affairs because everybody knows <laughs> if you're married, it's impossible to You're not allowed to, to have, have an, an affair. affair because God stops you. He might offer help, which Gemma will refuse at first, but then we'll take it. Even if it's just a few weeks, I would gladly see Henry again. We are not alone. <clears throat> OMG. Stephen pulling phases at Elaine was brilliant, seconded only to him hiding behind the bins <laughs> yes. in Wednesday's episode. I think Elaine's had enough, but I need her to stay alive, as once she dies, time will be running out, sadly, for Stephen. Yeah, that's a good point. I also enjoyed the wolf talk in the bistro, and Stephen saying, nobody knows what I'm capable of. <laughs> Max is an idiot hanging around with Lauren, especially now he knows she pretended to like him to try and get her dad off, which I totally understand. <laughs> yeah, we're kind of left in that situation still, aren't we? Like, Max is saying, oh, I support you, Sabrina. Well done for not going to your dad's Lauren. hearing or sentences. Sorry, Lauren. Well done for not going to your dad's sentencing, but... She still is kind of a baddie. She was conspiring with Reese to get him to get Max to go and visit him. I don't trust her. No. Really, really don't. Anyway, um, he's so much better with Sabrina, Rebecca says. And yes, more Gav, please. Love the cute Nina and Asher scenes, and I believe nobody believing in Ardy will lead to something. Well, you see. I would also like Ardy and Amy together, but maybe not for a while, as Amy needs to get herself sorted with her counselling. And Deb was brilliant, as always. So Rebecca's character of the week was Stephen, um, and gave it four times. Stephen pulled faces at Elaine out of five. Thanks, Rebecca. Great commentary. Yes, thank you, Over to you, Gemma. Okay, right, so we have Nancy. Is this the final email? I believe so. So, Nancy says, I was pleasantly surprised by Spider's wedding proposal to Toya. I would have liked to have seen the woman get Toya into the van. I can imagine that Toya put up a fight. And would like to see more people concerned for her safety. I loved her screaming in the van because she's a fighter. I love the Coronation Street sound is any different. Whoa, 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 slow down. I could barely understand what you were saying then. I know it was near the end of the episode and everything. Critiquing. Sorry. Sorry, everybody. I thought that I was uh, understandable, but obviously <laughs> not. I love that Coronation Street is trying Excellent. something different. We did get told off for talking too quickly. We did once time, didn't we? It's we can't like do anything about it. It's like when I get it. the kids at school to read something out in front of the in front of everybody. You know, they had their leaver service and that this week, and um, yeah, you got to You got to speak slower than you think. I'm not a professional, I'm afraid. No, we've only been doing it. Only <laughs> been doing it eleven years. Um, Sarah. Um, uh, likes something different with Sarah, Louise, and Adam. Sarah ripping up the letter from the hospital was brilliant. This way, the audience and Sarah do not know who the father is for sure. I hope that when Damon comes back, Sarah, Lou, and Adam put up a good fight. The Bardo and Platts together get together was not as exciting as I was expecting. Mm. Gail didn't kick off enough. The best comments came from David and Tracy. I was disappointed that social services did not have more sympathy for Gemma, but I loved it when Jenny mentioned Henry's, Henry's name. He's a wonderful character to bring back. I knew Kirk and Beth would get back together and I was happy that Beth apologised to Gemma about reporting her. Oh yeah, there was all the stuff about Beth and Kirk last it's, week. Thank goodness that that's been swept I assume away. that at some point Gemma's going to get fined for her not having any qualifications or... I think, yeah, it is in the, in the hands what of the courts What on earth are they going to do moment. about that? Well, she's going to have to get her money from old Henry, isn't she? Well, going to have to get her hands on that Newton and Ridley fortune. Well, Newton. Um, so she says, uh, they probably should have taken the Fresh Go sponsorship, but I noticed they do not speak about it. 
I hope Gemma does well with Henry's job and Chesney does not interfere. I don't think Gemma and Chesney would break up. They have the quads. Max was smart to realise that Lauren and Reese were just using him. This is going to be his redemption storyline. He'll drop Lauren when she starts to attack his family or worse. I do wonder how Alia will feel about Lauren being around. I know Shona will definitely keep her eye on her. Yeah, does Alia know that Lauren's there? She'd have a fit, wouldn't she? She would have a fit. Next door to them, two of them she are against would her. Kick right off, wouldn't she? Yeah, I, 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 I like the idea that Lauren's going to do something to the the plats or something that will make Max see her for what she really is. I mean, there are lots of topics that you could sort of ask her about in the news just to gauge whether she's truly mm. overcome her brainwashing, grooming yeah. from. From her dad, you know, like, mm-hmm. what do you what do you think about the, the, the migrants who come on over on boats and the, the RLNI rescue them? And if she says, they should all be left to drown, especially the babies, no, then you changed. know that, yeah, she's mm. a wrong one. Right. So um, Nancy says, I give this week's oh, yeah, episode three and a half old faithful blankets out of five. <laughs> the character of the week is Stephen. Oh, I think the character yeah. of the week is Stephen every week. It can't, you know... Uh, every week, Stephen. Like, Stephen can't get up there right to the top. That would be... Stephen Aaron is the best character. What would you do if we found out that Stephen had overtook Pat Phelan for characters of the oh, week? Oh, I don't know. That, that doesn't feel quite right in the universe. Well... But anyway, I didn't vote for Stephen this week. I, I went for LA. Got to go with my heart. Okay, um, if you would like to get in touch with us before our next podcast, don't forget that is going to be little under two weeks away, then you can email us at conversationstreet at gmail.com. Um, or you can go to our blog, post a comment there, conversationstreet.podbean.com. Maybe you might like to review us on iTunes, which nobody's done for months and months and months now. So we'd love you extra specially more if you could go and do that. You really should do it. Um, we're on Instagram. We are on Twitter. We're on threads. Have you posted a thread this week? I haven't. No, I've, I've had a job. <laughs> um, we're on Spotify. Some of you may well be listening to us on Spotify now. Facebook, YouTube, Patreon. And that's about it. Gemma. Yeah? You're still looking at Rita Roses on the internet. There's some very interesting named roses on this website. Is there a Danny Dyer They're really just going for... What can we get? What can we... What you find? Just very generic, like... Somebody Googles, for example, special anniversary rose they're going to buy the special anniversary rose, which is that what it's called. The silver anniversary rose. My lovely mum. That's oh. a good one. Fragrant. Right. We're going. Uh, Bye, everybody. Don't forget. What? You've forgotten something. You, listening. You've forgotten something, haven't you? You're going to remember it when this podcast ends and it'll all be fine tonight. It's going to be soon. See you in a few weeks. Bye-bye. The music for this episode came from podcastthemes.com. Don't forget. <laughs>